I mean, you worked with De Niro. Uh, I did. And it was uh, terrifying. Um, (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Welcome to Sincast, presented by CinemaSins. Alright everybody, welcome to the Sincast. This is Chris Atkinson from CinemaSins, joined as always by the voice of CinemaSins, Jeremy Scott. Bazow! And from Music Video Sins, Barrett Share. Kapow! Today we have a very special guest. It's someone that we all know here at the Sincast. It's Josh Childs. Yay! Who is, uh, he he's in a he's in a ton of movies, by the way. He's in like yeah. a ton of movies. You go to the IMDB, this guy's got like five hundred credits. I'm super famous. <laughs> yeah, you're super <laughs> super famous. But um you are making a film called Squat. What? <laughs> and, uh, and that's how you have to say it yeah you're making a film called squat i am and uh and uh you know what we want to drum up some interest in this movie because it sounds pretty awesome i actually got to be on the set for a day that's yeah. awesome and and mm. watch some watched uh, your brother jeremy childs uh do some crazy shit and that was awesome <laughs> <laughs> i have uh i've read the script and i want to hear more about the movie but i want to talk about Making a movie during a pandemic and making an indie film and uh, yeah. just fucking going for it <laughs> instead of waiting for some kind of perfect scenario. Uh, there's all sorts of things to get into, but what can you tell the audience without spoiling about Squat? Um, I mean, Squat! Squat! <laughs> yeah, that it's super easy to make an indie film in a pandemic. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. and the degree of difficulty is like... Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's dude. way down there. <laughs> uh, so the actual, so I, I keep working on the law. Lo- I hate doing like log lines and elevator pitches and stuff like that, but that's one of the uh, necessities of this. And so I've been working on my log line and it, it goes something like this. Um, after the tragic loss of his wife and son, an agoraphobic writer becomes content to believe that there is a force field around his house. But this belief is brought into question when a mysterious cowboy enters the house and refuses to leave. Mm. Although I said it like a mystery voice, but it's actually a comedy. Because <laughs> um, it can go that way, I guess. That's a, I like the voice you used. That's a good elevator pitch. I think that works um, because it, it, gives, it gives you a little bit of a, a hint of, of what's to come. And, uh, but it doesn't spoil anything. No, and I will. I do. I do like to say that, like, there is a promise of science fiction as well, because you know he has a belief that there's a force field, but um, it is for sure a science fiction movie, um, science fiction comedy. So. It's a Chekhov's force field. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. <laughs> I mean, no, 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 no. Yes. Which Chekhov? From Star Trek. Um, no. the, the Star Trek one. Yeah. Pavel. No. Yes, it's not his yes. force field, but it's the writer check up. All right, so you have got. Okay, we know that you, your brother Jeremy, um, who also has um, five hundred credits, is mm-hmm. uh, playing one of the characters in this film. What else can you tell us about your cast? Um, it's real small. Um, the The early drafts were, I think, about a dozen or so characters, and uh, ended up uh, at four. I think the, <laughs> the draft you read, Jer, actually had five. Mm. Um, if I'm not mistaken, that was still a five 
uh, person cast and that changes everything it does well it does actually it cut about 20 pages and you know we had to kind of streamline the script a different direction but that was um that was clearly the way to go um so yeah so it's uh, my brother um who is very famous and you can see him on showtime's good lord bird uh, episode two or three i think he he and uh steve zahn are the guest stars for that episode Nice. Um, so not yes, God, yes. He is, no, he's not in that. <laughs> good Lord Bird, yes. God, good yes, God, Lord Bird. Uh, no, that's too many things mixed together. Um, so, yeah, so he's in it. And then uh, Chris Cunningham, who is the third member of the Nether Region. So I, I guess I should mention that the Nether Region, which uh, I, I like to think of CinemaSins as the uh, uh, the weird uncle to the nether region. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely that. Um, Emphasis because, on weird. Yeah. They, um, cause you guys have, you know, helped us launch our channel back in the day and you've been up and done projects with us, you know, over, over the course. Um, but, uh, Chris, so Chris Cunningham and Jared and I are the three members of the nether region sketch comedy YouTube channel. Um, and, uh, we transitioned to the feature. So the three, I, I direct it and, uh, Jared and Chris are the leads in it. And then uh, we also have an awesome actor named Tomiko Robinson-Steele, who works a lot locally, and another actor named Julian Vaca, who works quite a bit locally. Um, and that rounds out our, our cast pretty much. Um, we still have to cast a, a, a computer voice at some point in time. So maybe mm. I'll listen to your, I your narrator. <laughs> your narrator. <laughs> How long have you been uh, working on this, Josh? Well, this... Um, this project specifically, um, it's been a few years. Um, I, I believe, what are we in 2020? Mm. Um, three or three or four years. Um, my, um, my, the, the back, a little bit of the backstory is, uh, you know, Chris, uh, lost his mom and, uh, my, uh, my brother and I both lost our dad within about six months of each other. And, mm. um, kind of made everything just a, a creative black hole. Couldn't do anything. You know, I couldn't make myself figure anything out and, you know, um, and then sort of my coming out of that was the seed of the idea for squat, um, which, you know, starts with a, you know, a, a guy who's dealing with loss and grief. Um, and that's where the story kind of launches from. And so, I, I went to Chris's house and pitched him a very basic version of like, we could shoot it in your house. It would be you and Jer. I think Jer's a cowboy. And, and I think, <laughs> and I, you, and I think there's a force field maybe around the house, but that's, and that's, and that started the whole discussion for Chris and I. And so once we got to that point, it's, I mean, it's been, I think two and a half years that we, or maybe three that we've, you know, been kicking the script back and forth and it, and it's been a, um, it's not been a consistent, I don't, I don't know how, uh, familiar you guys are with, you know, the whole writing process. I know Jer, you know, with your, you seem to be pretty, um, once you get into a book, you just don't, you don't give up. You just, you just stay with it straight through. But for me, there was, you know, I'd work a few chat, a few pages and then I wouldn't touch it for a couple of months. Then I'd come back and touch it again. And, um, and then at the beginning of this year, I, you know, after I stopped feeling sorry for myself at the beginning of the pandemic, like everybody else was, um, and stopped eating junk food and getting fat and, you know, watching reruns of Andy Griffith or whatever. Yes, um, I've done this too. 
<laughs> Once I kind of snapped out of that, I we were really close on the draft, and I and I nailed I just nailed the last draft. I think that's the one I sent Jer. Um, and it was right after that. I'm not even joking. Like that next week, um, that Chris came and said, "Listen, um, we're selling a rental property," and my wife told me that um, we should use some of that money from selling our rental property to make the movie. Oh, and they were selling it because of the pandemic, you know, that's because it's like, it's hard for everybody like trying to get work and stuff. And so mm-hmm. they sold it. Um, and, and he was like, well, I don't, I don't know about that. And she was like, well, if you don't take the money, then you're never allowed to talk about making a movie ever again. Shut up. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I um, like her. <laughs> yeah. And so she gave the kick in the butt. And, um, after that things started moving really, really fast. Um, the the last draft, Jer came in and he was kind of responsible for eliminating those twenty pages and that fifth character, and that was really the kind of the goose the script needed to to land where it needed to land. Um, so I don't know if you asked for all of that information, but I did. I asked for all of that information. I do have to say that you have far too many Jeremys and Chris's in your life. It's very true. Oh, this is true. true. This is true well, I, because that was not me that punched up the script. Right. <laughs> there are there, there will be people who may have lost the plot and they hear Jeremy and Chris are in this movie and they think that it's uh, me and Jeremy, but uh, it's not. It's completely different. Other Jeremy and Chris, totally. So yes. uh, you yeah. know, uh, true. one true. one Jeremy just happens to be Josh's brother. Don't worry about that. Uh, you know, um, you know. And the so. other Chris it doesn't have an H in his name, so. Just the yeah. sometimes there's an H and sometimes there's not. Some, I did yeah. want to mention while you were talking about writing um, <clears throat> about um, grief or losing someone, uh, the new Netflix movie Over the Moon. It's an animated movie. Mm-hmm. I haven't watched it yet. I watched the trailer. It looks pretty good. Um, but I just read today that the the woman who wrote the book um, is the same woman who wrote The Hate You Give, which is a movie I loved. Mm-hmm. Um, and she got cancer and it was terminal and she knew that she was not going to be around when over the moon was finished. So she made losing a mother and, and grieving through that uh, a central theme of the whole movie so that it would be the last gift to her husband and daughter. And Mm. I thought that was one of the most touching things I've ever heard in my life. Um, So it may may add extra meaning to that movie. Anyway, I just thought that came up into my head when you were talking about that. Yeah, that's brilliant. When you're cutting characters and things like that, you know, you said it started off like, you know, somewhere around 12 and then ended up at five and uh, you had to cut 20 pages to make it down to four. Um, do you, are there certain lines and certain things that you still keep and you just give them to other actors or, um, or do you just say, ah, we're just, we're done with that character and you, you just pull it off like a bandaid? Um, you know, I, um, the way this went down, you know, that early draft that had about 12 people in it, it was a, it was just a different story. Mm. Um, so most of that didn't, didn't stay. Basically it was getting in the way of what this really is, is this kind of a character comedy about these, you know, two original, the original odd couple. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. totally. Um, And so they were getting in the way of that. And so, once I cut the, them out, like the new draft at, at that point in time was the first act pretty much always stayed the same. Um, but that draft, like once, once that was the new direction, we saved it 
you know, so that if we had to go back to that, we could or pull anything from it, we could. But we really didn't. We just pushed straight through. And it was like, oh, it's instead of it was just kind of focusing on one story as opposed to trying to incorporate all the other stuff. And then with the last character, um, the biggest thing with that is at that point in time, that character was so entrenched in the story that, you know, things hinged on like plot points hinged on the character and things. So um, there was not the like dialogue wasn't necessarily transferable, but we did have to reimagine like, you know, what those, what those new plot points were and how, how the story kept moving forward now without this other character that basically came in in the third act and, you know, just uh, lit a fire under the story's rear to make it move fast. And, mm-hmm. um, and so we just found other ways to do that. But in both cases, the characters' voices were all so distinct and specific, they really couldn't transfer over. I mean, there may be pieces of information that, want, you know, exposition or something that a character gave that, you know, tra- slid over to somebody else. But um, generally speaking, it was, you know, just a new, a completely new sort of imagining once those characters were gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you still so, filming? <clears throat> we are, we're done with principal. Um, and so we have, now it's um, time for your $70 million reshoots. Yeah. If you call Warner brothers, I think the, the child's (laughs) cut can finally see the light of day by (laughs) reshooting $70 million worth of footage. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That would be awesome. But no, um, (laughs) no, we, uh, we have one pickup shoot actually, um, next week we're, we're picking up one shot, um, one scene, not a shot, one scene, um, and then um, <clears throat> later we have a, a another that's a fully visual effects shot that we have to go into the studio to do. Um, we need a green screen and all that. That's probably a spoiler to some regard, but I don't no, know. No, that um, sounds like serious movie talk. <laughs> yeah. We, uh, <laughs> we got to go in the studio and uh, we're yeah, super important. Um, but yeah, most of it's in the can. And we'll see too. Once we get a rough cut together, we'll, we'll know if we need to go back and pick anything else up. Luckily, we shot the whole thing at... Um, uh, Chris's house, um, so we can go back pretty much any time and get any insert. And you know, the the leads have a vested interest in the success of the film, so I think I can get them back out as well. As long as Jeremy doesn't shave or cut his hair, because he looks like a mountain man right now for the mm-hmm. role. Yeah. yeah, that was the crazy thing about walking in on that thing in that house. <laughs> was was I was noticing all these little details, but I didn't realize that it was for the movie. I just thought it was a house that was getting redone or re repainted or something like that. Oh, yeah. there, there's this whole room where there's this yellow paint, uh, you know, on one wall and then on another wall, but not finished. And, and, you know, and then, and then you have pictures. What is the, what's the configuration? You have your kid yes, in sir. there with Chris's and his wife. Yes. Chris and his wife, yeah, and your kid are in a yeah. are in like a ton of pictures on the on the stairwells. <laughs> yeah, Chris's real real wife Rachel plays his movie wife, and my real son Jarris plays his movie son. So it is mm-hmm. disconcerting watch seeing all these photos of my son like cozy it up with this other I mean, family, this fake family. 
<laughs> and there's even a scene too that you said that you had all these books that were set up and uh and you even tried to get an Abel's uh shout out in uh, one of the one of That's the awesome. one of the shots. I do uh, there is. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see how well it showed up, but it's it's there in the <laughs> you look from the angle like it's there if the, if mm-hmm. the angle got it right. That's yeah. amazing. That's yeah. amazing. So, Chris, you were on set. Yeah, uh, and from the pictures and video I've seen, it looked like there was lots of masks. Um, there was, yes. Mm-hmm. So, Josh, what can you tell us about how COVID and the pandemic? I know you've made you've made films plenty of times from um, all different roles, uh, but you've also directed before, um, even an indie uh, feature like this. So, w- what's different? How did it change what you had to do? Uh, did it make it more difficult? Did you find sparks from that where, that led to new ideas? What can you tell us? Um, yeah, so so going into it, our AD, uh, who's, his name's Kyler Wilson, and he actually, he and his wife, Natalie Rufino Wilson, um, um, actually ended up doing so much they became producers on the project. But oh, Kyler cool. has, um, he's an AD, he, and he works all the time. They're actually shooting their own feature right now. Like they were in pre-production for theirs, on set and then like as soon as they'll be closed down they like they're shooting right now um oh. anyway he had been on um um some union sets recently where uh, the rules the covid rules are are much more strict than anywhere else you know um and so he as being the ad he's like the right hand man to whatever you know safety person is on set for covid so he had the full sort of rundown on top to bottom what we could do and you know what we should do you know what was necessary to do you know so you know masks were a no-brainer um um, obviously everybody had you know temperature checks before we we went in um we didn't um do testing we didn't have that kind of money for the testing but um we had reins on everybody who was there so it it, i mean it it was a small crew so it was 20 about 20 cast and crew all together um, when we were shooting indoors, windows and doors were open. Um, when we ate, you know, we spread out all over the outside and the lawn. I think there was one day where it was too rainy. And so everybody spread out in the house or out on the patio or on the front porch, you know? Um, so generally it, it was just, it, we had, you know, um, Clorox wipes <laughs> around all, all over the place, you know? Um, so generally, and, and the way that I've even been on a couple of sets as an actor since this has started, and you know, as an actor, you don't get to wear a mask on camera. Everybody else does um, to cover that protection. But um, what was great is we had um, a cast of four. Like I said, um, one of them never came inside. He was always shot out by himself in the yard, <laughs> so he <laughs> nice. was al- he was always clear. And then. Um, there there's a couple of scenes where all three of the other cast members were together, but most of the time it was just Jeremy and Chris, you know, uh, were the only people in the whole house who didn't have their masks on. So it was, um, it was annoying to get used to, but I think that's just like life, you know, right now. Um, but everybody was, was committed to it, which was great. Um, if you wear glass, Barrett, you probably know, uh, like wearing glasses is just the worst with masks. I mean, oh, that, it's the worst. Masks can be annoying, but wearing, like trying to look at a monitor, yeah. you know, <laughs> and your glasses are fogging up and you're trying to watch what's going on. You yes. Know, um, it gets a little annoying. But um, but yeah, everybody was safe and um, we came out unscathed in that regard, which was, which was good. Um, 
Um, but yeah, it was a big stress for me going into the production. Um, but, but once, uh, once we got in, like there were so many other things to be nervous about. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. By the wayside, I like, I kept wearing, I was like, well, I'm doing all I can do right now, you know? Um, <laughs> Uh, and you know, Chris was, so Chris was out there. I mean, we made him wear a mask and everything as well. Um, I had a few, a couple of guests that came out and that was the same way. Like they just, they did there. Nobody, you know, got in people's faces or no, there was no face licking or. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like no that. face licking. Yeah. I mean, so unlike I mean, most there were, there were, it was a little touch and go there for a second, but <laughs> there was no touch and there was no face licking. You're right. That was not the touch. No yeah, touching. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> um so uh, how long was the shoot beginning to end then was it like two weeks uh just not so 11 days um uh, for All principal right. um so we shot monday a uh, monday through saturday the first week and then uh, monday through uh uh, uh friday the next week but um we switched over to night shoots in the middle of the second week so we actually ended you know saturday morning at like six thirty in the morning or something like that. So, and, and we did a, um, one day, half day of pickups. And then, um, like I said, we got another one. So all in all, it'll be, I don't know, between 12 and 14 days. Um, all, all said, um, which is not enough time to. <laughs> no, no. I, I, one thing that, you know, I, I know that, uh, you and, and your brother have worked on a lot of things together over the years and, and uh you probably have uh, a wicked short shorthand that yeah you know, i was sitting there thinking like tennis or something but now you have this uh wicked shorthand with each other and everything and, and and whatever but is that ever hard directing your own brother or friends or anything like that i think everybody probably knows they're professionals they know to come to the set knowing all their lines knowing what knowing that you don't have a lot of time and you have to do things like pretty quickly and everything, but is yeah. there ever a time you have to kind of get uh light a fire under somebody's ass about anything? <laughs> uh, no, nothing, no, nothing like that. I, I, I um, you don't I have work- a Werner Herzog, Klaus Kinski relationship. Mm-hmm. Where you want to kill yeah. each other. Mm-hmm. There was, I'll say, so I've uh, worked with Jared a lot. And when we are acting together, there is a super shorthand and it's, you know, I can read his mind and vice versa. Um, as far as directing him, like the process of, of, of like, I know his process. Um, and so it's, he's pretty, he's pretty clear about what he needs. He needs to know, you know, where he's coming from and, you know, why he's in the scene. And, and there were a few times when, um, he and Chris, the, the scene wasn't working and, you know, and they would retool it or we ended up, you know, changing the location a couple of times, mm-hmm. um, but generally speaking, um, directing your like he's my older brother, so I, there is still a a younger brother thing about it. Um, mm-hmm. But he's also just so great, so there, there's not a lot I would there's not a lot of notes I would give him anyway. So usually, if I had anything to say to him, it was like more like continuity, like you know, yeah. in, the, in the next scene you have this item, so can you can you take it out of your pocket in this scene? He's <laughs> 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 like, yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. The continuity thing was the craziest thing for me watching watching it getting uh, shot because there were so many things where you're like it was just like that, you know, like, well, you can't do that now because later you have this and you're like, you know, it's like, I'm like, I'm sitting there going, how do you, I don't even know how you even keep track well, of all the things that are supposed to be. There were so many things too, that we, that like, I'll just be clear. I'll be honest, like that we did. Yeah. I mean, sure. <laughs> well, there's a lot. It's like, and, and uh, Kyler, again, our AD, who's a huge fan of you guys. 
Um, oh, that's what he would do. He'd I am now a huge fan of Kyler. Yeah. <laughs> he would go, uh, ding, you know, <laughs> I was like, oh, crap. <laughs> he's wearing the wrong shoes. He was wearing different shoes. The whole movie, he's wearing these shoes and this. <laughs> like, he's got a whole new pair of shoes. <laughs> or, or And that was, like, the one time, like, Chris actually did did uh, mess up. All the rest of the times were all on me. But it's funny, I threw him under the bus. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But it was me going, Oh crap! He's supposed to have his BB gun. Where's his BB gun for this scene? <laughs> All right, let's pretend like he, you know, well maybe we'll add a sound effect that he put the BB gun down over here in the shot <laughs> before he entered the shot. I, I I don't know. You know what I mean? It's like we'll see in the cut like what actually plays or doesn't. But there is, but it, but it also reminds you too, like even the movies that you love and you watch. I think Spielberg's great at this. Like he will gladly choose. Um, the 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 moment over the continuity right yeah like, yeah like mo- the characters walking into a sunset like even though the scene right before it was pitch dark like or sun or sunrise you know what i mean like he didn't care he's like no the sunrise is pretty so <laughs> yeah, yeah. middle of the night to sunrise and that's the that's just the way it is you know so there i mean one of my things that I've, I've thought about even before this movie, just on other things I've done, anytime I work on a project, I always remind myself that, um, you know, somebody doesn't like Jaws, right? So it's okay <laughs> if people yeah. want to pick a, nitpick our movie or if they didn't flat out just don't like it or whatever. But That um, one asshole that does not like Jaws. I want to... <laughs> Punch him in the face. light, right? Ooh, does he think? And some jerks don't like Blade Runner. Can you believe that? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> um, I just the, I don't know. I don't know if this gets into spoiler territory, and if you and if it is, uh, you know, you can stop me. But I'll I'll try to keep it vague. But there is a scene where your brother goes into this big. You know, he he uh, he spills a bunch of cereal on the floor. Yeah. And uh this is one of the funniest things and I had to contain myself when it was actually shot. There's a so there's a moment where he where cereal gets all over the floor. Yeah. And and uh and uh he's it there's a sort of a it, there's a stoppage in the action and Jeremy's talking to you and he goes uh so if I walk over here shouldn't you hear the like the crunch of the cereal and everything and I think you're saying we can just add that in later and all that and he's like he's like but it'll be. I think it'll be really funny if it's, if I'm thinking about it in my mind the way it, the way I'm thinking about it and everything. Yeah. And so like, there's this scene where he's just standing there and he's like contemplating, and he turns around and I'm sitting there watching it, and the the cereal just <laughs> all the way to the door, and then I just like busted out. I was like sitting there like silently, just like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so i think i think this goes back to what you were asking about jer and the the cast and stuff like they like working with them was great because they had like there was so many ideas like that and uh from chris and jer uh, sorry from jer and chris is actually a a filmmaker like all-around filmmaker he does everything even when he's not on camera and so mm-hmm. he was you know he 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 can't help himself he's he, he's trying to cut it in his mind and he's you know trying to see it in his mind and um and so he would there were periodic periodically he'd be like um shouldn't we have a, a shot of where x y and z if i'm gonna do x y a you know i'm like oh yeah mm-hmm. you're right we should do that um and then you know even tomiko and julian who probably didn't have as much like uh, freedom you know because they weren't producers and what and 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 stuff but they um 
they, I mean, again, they added so much fun stuff to it as well. But yeah, that moment with Jer, there was a few moments like that. Um, uh, I take for granted, I think, how brilliant he is sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know, I think he's, I mean, he's, he's just the best um, mm-hmm. on camera. If you, I mean, if you've seen him, like he's always solid gold and whatever he does. And he's got, he plays these really interesting characters and uh, he, he's been doing it forever. And I've been watching him longer than any other actor on the planet. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so moments like that, whenever I still get reminded, like of like that moment with the Cheerios was a was very reminiscent to like the first time I ever saw him on stage um, or one of the first times I saw him at like high school theater. He was doing Dracula and he was playing Renfield and, <laughs> you know, the scenes going on and he's, you know, he's he starts chasing this cockroach across the floor, an imaginary cockroach. Like he just, this, the bit that he was doing is like, Oh yeah, Renfield eats bugs. So <laughs> he started stalking this bug on stage and it became like the, the funniest thing I had ever seen. I was like, Holy <laughs> man, how did you come up with that? You know? <laughs> um, so yeah, the Cheerios thing is very reminiscent of that. And um, like I said, there were, there were plenty of times when um, all four of the cast members and the crew too, like that uh, early on. I, 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 so I made a movie, Sorry, I'm jumping around a little bit, but I made I made a movie a little over ten years ago um, that uh, I, I think I know Jer saw. I think Chris saw it. Maybe um, if you didn't, that's okay. It wasn't turn didn't turn out to be very good. <laughs> 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 but I was I, there's parts of it I'm proud of. But overall, it was it was you know it was a, a, a micro. It was my first foray into micro budget filmmaking. Um, but on that, w- w- I watched it again before this one and. And I realized, like, you know, filmmaking is a collaborative art form, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I realized when I did that before, that was true. But I, I had so many ideas and how many I was stuck in my own head about how I wanted a lot of things to be and play out. And, and, and then rewatching it 10 plus years later and realizing, like, most of those weren't great ideas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. Yeah, but, like, at least it's my own fault, right? It's nobody else's fault. So going mm-hmm. into this one. You know, I really wanted that to to make it a little more open and just go, okay, yeah, I'm directing this, but this is, you know, all these minds together and there's so many, you know, creative, interesting, fun filmmakers. And so it wasn't even just the the cast, but, you know, Kyler, the AD and the DP, like if, if anybody had an idea, like I was like, yeah, let's, let's hear it. You know, um, sometimes it was problem solving. Um, uh, sometimes it was like, this was a be a funny bit, you know? And um, nine, I'd say ninety-eight percent of the time, those things were the like the best idea for the moment. You know, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. I'm glad you didn't cast Ed Norton in this movie because yeah. I think right? in that environment he would totally have taken over. He was the fifth character, right? The one that got cut. Was actor. The character was Ed Norton. <laughs> Jeremy was Ed describing my script. Is that weird? <laughs> Jeremy was describing a movie last week, and he was like, "All right, his friends are this guy, this guy, and I don't know some other fucking actor." And it turned out to be Ed Norton. <laughs> <laughs> i'm on a i'm on an anti-ed norton run the last six to 12 months i think i've had so. about as much as i can take of that guy what what uh what pushed you over the edge a performance um, or an opinion my, well already was i've already heard too many stories about him on sets uh-huh. uh and i think it was a combination of reading about why he wasn't hulk anymore after his stint as hulk and then seeing motherless Brooklyn, um, <laughs> which 
I think could be subtitled Ed Norton loves himself. <laughs> um, there are interesting things in that movie, but it, I feel like it's all overshadowed by him having complete total control over every decision. Uh, and that was why I made the joke. I don't think right. he would work very well in that kind of collaborative. People might not remember. We did a short with the nether region called the beast of valor yeah. many moons ago. And Chris Cunningham, your star um, directed that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and you and Jeremy Childs and I were in it and it was not as successful as I'd hoped, <laughs> but I still love it. It's funny. <laughs> So it's funny that it was not so successful for your channel, but it was very successful for our channel. Yeah, that's <laughs> a great point, right? Like that's the way that's the way YouTube works. I mean, yeah. you you put on something that people don't expect on your channel, they don't like it, but they, you know, your channel is like gets a huge, uh, huge boost out of that type of thing because people are expecting that type of thing yeah. and they love it. And that's the thing that it, you can never if you ever go to that video and look at likes and dislikes, you have to ignore it because it's just it doesn't make any sense. Like if you were because that that thing was funny. I remember I remember a lot of the stuff of the the filming of that. And I was just laughing at all the different takes that you guys were doing on that. Yeah. And uh and uh, it was just, it was just, <laughs> I mean, and, and the situation was just funny. Um, so, yeah, I, I was, when, when that came out on our channel and it was like, people were like, fuck this. I was like, <laughs> I was like, God, man, you guys just really don't want anything else other than Zen's videos, do you? Like, yeah. you can't really like anything else at all. But so. but those fans that did like that's that's what we launched our channel with is, is is that video you got we put that video on your channel and you said you pimped us you're like go see what else these guys got and um, that immediate uh, sort of punch to our channel that push to our channel was huge and it was mm-hmm. you know the people that that did like that type of stuff from you guys you know um, came came right over. Um, yeah, it used to be really fun in the early days to do all these different things yeah. other than the sins videos. And then, then after a while, it was just like, this is not worth it. It's not worth all the beating our heads in to do all this type of stuff because people aren't responding to it. But when we can help other people, it's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I, I concur. They just mm-hmm. want you to come on, uh, Conan and say, I didn't do it. And then, yeah. uh, <laughs> yeah, whizzle wazzle. Um, <laughs> can I get All the right, can so- I get the the timeline? Because I'm the I'm kind of the outcast here. I haven't known Josh nearly as long as you guys have. But you went to college with Jeremy, correct? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I so even before that, I will I'll I'll do the the prequel to that is um, while my older brother Jeremy Childs, who we've been talking about was in college, he became friends with Jeremy Scott's older brother, Jeff. Um, And so they were a couple of years apart. And then when Jer left, I came in to college, the same college. And so I got to know Jeff a little bit, um, uh, Jeremy's older brother. And then when Jeff left about the same time, I guess, Jer, you were there for a year before your brother left, right? He was a senior when I was a freshman. But I got to meet Jer. I knew about about him already, but I got to meet him actually at a camp when he was still in high school. And I was, mm-hmm. um, in, performing in the, uh, the school, um, traveling group, a PR group that we would go to from camps and, you know, do skits and sing songs and, you know, 
motivate kids to come to our college. Ah. Um, I owe a lot of people an apology now. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh, so then, so then at that point, when Jerry got to school, like he and I became fast friends at that point in time. Um, so yeah, my, I guess that'd been my sophomore year and his freshman year. I actually, you may not remember this. I actually got in trouble. This is very Jeremy, Chris will attest. Uh, but I got in trouble at that camp for hanging out too much with the college drama troupe <laughs> instead of the kids my own age. Like I got pulled aside by the camp director or the assistant and said, you need to, you know, you're, you're, you're in high school. You need to be a high school kid. You know, stop hanging out with the drama people. And I was like, oh, right. fuck you. Fuck you, buddy. It was your own personal dazed and confused story. The football coaches don't want the football players like hanging out with the stoners and stuff. And I was like Matthew Modine, Matthew, sorry, Matthew McConaughey's character. You know, at the camp. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I shouldn't make a joke of that. No, That's I, what I love about these religious, uh, <laughs> religious school girls. Man. But, well, it, and- but, but I do want to say I was only I, I was that's not true. But also I was only nineteen. So this is, like, by the way, those girls campers. were seventeen or eighteen. I was nineteen. So oh, okay, still, good. Nothing so, like that. That, was so that didn't happen. No, that didn't happen. You're right. Uh, this is Aaron Dicer, who uh, our our fans know, um, went to the same college and was in a later iteration of the same drama group that Josh had been in, which my own brother and Josh's older brother had been in. Uh Um, And so there's a lot of like incest here, like collegial (laughs) incest. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, Aaron came in after I was kicked out of the group um, and the school. (laughs) 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 But not not for any of the things that we've previously discussed. That was not... I can't emphasize that enough. This episode is one big caveat. Yes. One ill-placed joke. Man. And so, well, that, that point, I mean, I think it's part, part, partly important to the story because at that point you started living with me mm-hmm. um, on campus. A little bit illegally on campus. Yes. Um, He's still um, with you now. He's just in a different room. And, uh, Jared we were had roommates. A, a, yeah, he didn't have a roommate, so I uh, just slept in his roommate's bed. He did. And, and uh... did every time they would open the door in the mornings to check to see if people were there or not for uh, for chapel. For chapel. <laughs> oh, wow. It Hold on. My, it Hold wasn't on. my shining whoa, 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 whoa. Did you really get kicked out of the school? Uh, uh, I, I mean, yes and no. Uh, but you came back to live in the dorm? He never really well, left. So I did I didn't actually yeah, I, I didn't leave leave. <laughs> uh, I just moved across campus whenever they said that uh, my grades were so bad I couldn't be in school anymore. Whoa. Um, and that was that that way for I think a semester or two. I I, I mean I I, no, I didn't it was only like a semester, I guess. Um, and then I ended up going to a, a college, a community college in Florida, where my girlfriend at the time's aunt and uncle lived, so that I could get my GPA back up and get back into school. I see. Um, my grades are bad, so I lost my scholarship, and it's a story we've all heard a thousand times. But once I got, back <laughs> I'm sorry to school, bring this pain up. By the way, uh, I'm alright with it. I'm healed. I, 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 I came back. I got my grades up. I came back, and then uh, realized that I didn't really want to be there anymore. And so then I dropped out of my own volition. So mm. I did mm. ultimately leave on my own terms. Um, so 
I, I guess technically I was kicked out. All right. I, you know, All right. But that I, sounds better. That sounds But tough. I made my way back in and, and dropped out myself. <laughs> um, but and, basically that was, that began us basically living together for, from, I mean, once, once I graduated, we shared an apartment and uh, only for about <clears throat> eight or nine months to regroup. Um, I went to Chattanooga with an, with our other friend, Justin, and you went to Colorado with our other friend, Andrew. That's right. And then we regrouped in Nashville That's right. and lived together from, and I guess as soon as Chris and I met at the theater, we hit it off, I think pretty quick. So it was probably sometime in 99 that Chris and Josh met. Yeah. Um, right. Cause I'm sure I would bring Josh to late night screenings and I know we would bring Chris to the house for our Oscar parties um and yeah uh, i think i won a teenage mutant ninja turtles three video cassette uh sounds like a prize we would give away at an oscar party yeah um i also remember we had a a little backyard movie that we made with with squirt guns or dart guns or something yeah Uh, it was a trailer um and without us knowing it uh jer took all the footage to chris and had him had him uh edit it together Mm-hmm. Um, and then surprise us. So we uh, we actually have worked on a project together. We just uh, we I have. Know I didn't know. Yeah, you didn't. Time. And that trailer was fucking awesome. <laughs> um, but we basically pretended like our backyard was some kind of knockoff Vietnam, <laughs> and we had squirt guns. And it was all. I mean, I bet in hindsight it was very bad. Well, yes. I just mean, if you were watching us make this, it was probably like watching them make the room. Um, but we were just like, okay, camera here, and you run and jump over this thing, and that'll be the action shot. We, well, maybe like we, making that Boogie Nights action movie that Mark Wahlberg yeah. comes up with. Um, we were well into our 20s at this time, and it really was something that like 12-year-olds do. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, we didn't. Care. Do you still have that? No. I, I don't think I've seen those. Oh my god! I, if if somebody could find that, that would be a holy grail. I just remember your music selection was on point. There's even yeah. a part where Kevin kicks open open the garage doors with his foot, and you're like, "I'm a chicken hawk, and I'm on the buck." Yeah, I'm doing hawk the Cypress Hill song from yeah. Last Action Hero. <laughs> oh um, god, it was awesome. And uh, and, uh, and so I had that, and there he's a there's a point where Kevin's like the he, he does the wheel in the sky keeps on turning <laughs> and uh so i like put the I put that song over it too put, actually slowed his lip movements down so that it would match the sat, the song and everything and did that and the, the 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 fun thing about making that trailer aside from seeing all you got your you guys' like interactions and everything was was me being able to sort of do some creative stuff on my own and and like Somehow you have Gene Hackman and Jimmy Stewart in this movie uh, by the end of it, you know. So it was Gene Hackman in three exciting roles, and I've got him in Crimson Tide and Get Shorty and uh, you know stuff like that. So uh, that was that was a lot of fun. But yeah, man, there's so many things from uh, high school and college that I. I don't know if I would like to see it again, but man, it would be fun to just unearth it for one showing at least. And I would love to. Yeah, I have no idea if any copies survived of that, but I for sure don't have any. But I man. have like six VHS tapes. I don't know what they are that um, I might have to pop into a VCR that doesn't exist because <laughs> I don't have a VCR and they don't sell them anymore. I have one. You can. I'll, you can use mine. All right, I'll just I'll ship them to you, and you can watch like thirty six hours of what mm-hmm. might be either 
episodes of Alias or <laughs> my Christian rock band. Uh, or maybe, maybe it would be this trailer. I don't know. It's crazy, right? Like you, th- I, I, I sit here and I think about how you know, back in the day, uh, like, oh, all these records were lost and all these different things. Why weren't they better at keeping records and stuff? And then you look <laughs> back at like 20 years ago, you're like, oh, shit, I don't have that thing that was awesome. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know? Like, like nobody, you know, there's not there's not enough of people who give a shit to keep it, uh, you know, keep it alive or whatever. So. And people don't know how to label things appropriately. Yeah, you know? yeah. Nope. Well, um, or at all. I, these are not even labeled at all. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what's on them. All right. So now you—they're doing something today for this movie. Though today is six days ago in listener time. You <laughs> yes, are yeah. launching a crowdfunding campaign, right? Yes, we launched it this morning, actually, um, and we've had a, a little bit of headway already, um, which is which is cool. It's been nice though talking to you guys. I haven't thought about it once. <laughs> there you go. Nice. I thought about it like a dozen times. No, I was kidding. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um uh yeah, so we basically we we fi- we've got the movie in the can. We finished shooting it like I said principal photography's done. Um the amount of money that uh, that Chris and his wife brought to the project was uh was great, but it wasn't an you know, if we had to spread that out over everything, um it just would have been a, a I don't want to say impossible because we're it's just we're just not thinking in those terms. But um, we made the decision um, beforehand that that all that money was going to go into principal photography. Uh, we were going to get you know a, a really great camera package, and we were going to get the the uh, get our camera department the crew that they needed, and we were going to basically all the roles were going to be um, not just um, do for roles, right? I'm not going to I'm not calling my buddy who's never done anything and say, Hey, will you come out and help? You know, um, it was people who are uh, professionals in their field and uh, most, uh, well, every, nobody worked for what they were worth. Um, and partly, uh, I think that's, you know, because of the pandemic, um, and they need work, but also there's a lot of them that were doing favors for us or favors for Kyler or, you know, favors for our DP or love us or paying us back for favors that, you know, over the last, that's one thing that's great about Nashville is there. Stop that. <laughs> like, not that kind of favor. Um, I literally say that's the great thing about Nashville. And then you did that. I'm like, no, that's not what's great. about um, The thing about the filmmaking community in Nashville is um, it's a right to work state. And so there are a lot of passion projects and uh, small projects that people get to get up on their feet and, you know, call other filmmakers in town to come out and play. And, and sometimes it's meeting new people. Sometimes it's a network event, uh, networking event. And sometimes it's, you know, like I said, paying off favors or, or, you know, accruing favors. Um, but all that to say, uh, we got the whole thing in the can, but, uh, we made the decision that we were going to go back and, uh, redip, uh, the community for, uh, redip into the community, I should say for, um, uh, to raise funds for our post-production. And so um, we're we're trying to raise uh, fifteen thousand dollars for um, uh, for editing and uh, for visual effects and uh, for sound design and um, scoring and all, you know all of these uh, color correction all of these these great things that um, any any one of those elements is probably in a real live movie probably you know at least 
fifteen thousand dollars <laughs> to get done. But um, that's kind of our starting spot. We have we have connections, we have friends, um, and so the idea is like, like with everything else, like you know, it's not it's not what they're worth, but it's it's something that says to them like, you know, we recognize how important your work is and um, help us help us get this done. So, yeah. Uh, so yeah, we launched it today. Um, and, um, I guess, I don't know if there's a, like where the best way to, you can check us out on our social media platform. I can put it on. in the show notes too. Um, is it uh, GoFundMe? Uh, it's actually Seed and Spark. Okay. Um, yeah, Seed and Spark. So see, <clears throat> I think it's Seed and Spark slash, I can actually send you the actual link for it as well. I'm but, on it. I've got the link right here. Uh, but right. yeah, best, best to just put it in the notes, uh, the show notes, but it's uh, Seed and Spark and you can probably just do Seed and Spark's search function for squat yeah, and for find squat, it very yeah. easily. Yeah. Cool. Uh, we're yeah. talking about it on all our other platforms, uh, on, on, uh, on YouTube and on Twitter and on, uh, Facebook, et cetera as well. So um, we're, we're trying to be as uh, vis- visible as possible with it. And not that it matters. You said launch today, which is October 27th, but the podcast will come out November 2nd. I, right. I just, yeah. just, just sort just sort of, uh, I don't know if it matters, but thought sure. I would mention that. Yeah, we will be at, by the time listeners hear this, we will be a week into our campaign. Um, and I can't wait to see what that means yeah <laughs> it'll, it'll, be over. Tweet it'll be you'll you'll have uh, raised twenty five thousand. yeah i hope so no. i'm gonna tweet it out i'm gonna do it i'm gonna tweet it out i don't I know how it works it. i don't know how it works but uh if you went over your amount could you keep that and pay people more or anything like that or yeah we actually have um that's actually even on the on the page uh for our campaign page so we've got um 15 is what we're shooting for anything above that we have some sort of different levels so people know if if we make it to 20,000 what that actually looks like you know where the how that money can spread out and uh 30 and on up but yeah um, ultimately it means that our post production stuff can get done faster um because it's not a spare time gig it becomes a a real time gig for for all these working professionals yeah. um we get also get to a point it would be awesome to actually retroactively go back and and give the 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 crew and cast something, something more, you know, um, mm-hmm. every, like I said, everybody worked for well below what they were worth. Um, and it was a very humbling experience. I may have cried a couple of times on set whenever people mm-hmm. admitted to, you know, working late and we, our second to the last day, we, we, uh, we lost electricity in the whole neighborhood. Um, oh, wow. so we lost a, a quarter, a quarter of our shoot day, lost three and a half hours. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so we had to make a plea to everybody like let's go home and can everybody come in early and just ride it out until we're done with the movie <laughs> yeah um, tomorrow and and they did across the board everybody raised their hand and was all in and i was sleepy and emotional and it, you know second into they the stand movie. up on their desks and say <laughs> captain my captain in my mind yes <laughs> i don't remember what literally happened but that's what I, I bet it have. felt like that. It did feel like that, actually. Well, it, was, and, it, was it was the only way to kind of like there was no discreet way to do it. You know, we were out of time and everything. And so it was literally like it's I know it's awkward, but raise your hand if you can come back tomorrow and, and do this, you know. Well, and and before a lot of people go, well, they're your friends. Of course, they did it and everything. Uh, you got to realize also that 
they're they've got other things that they've got to do uh that are lined up like you had i can't remember who it was on set that had to do something right after this was yeah. done uh oh, it's and, kyler, oh, yeah no, it was kyler. kyler yeah yeah and uh and uh and just to you know if you have any kind of delay that snags that that could affect the next thing that they're going on to and everything. So, yeah, I mean, it's not just, Oh, we're all buds and we, we had, we can yeah. do this because we're all buds. It's, you know, that's, that's our sacrifice that's actually being made. And everything. Yeah. Well, and it went beyond that too. So like there were plenty of people there that were my buds, but there were so many people that weren't, you know, they were there because mm. Tyler reached out to them. So they may have been buds with somebody, but, um, <laughs> but not me. Yeah. I hated those me. fucking people. <laughs> there were, there were, there were a handful that didn't, that weren't, that didn't do it for me. You know what I mean? They didn't raise their hand because of me. Um, but it, but it affected me, you know, I'll, I'll say one general just on that, you know, the whole, the whole production, I felt like, um, after day two, we were always behind. <laughs> so, <laughs> we, so we were always leaving scenes on the table that we had to pick up the next day. And so it was, there was a, a over, always an, a, a layer of stress over everything, um, that was consistent through the whole production for me. Um, mm-hmm. I lost like 10 pounds. I couldn't eat. I, you know, I was just, oh, God. Oh, we're never going to do it. Um, but that la- going into that last day, um, that's what it was. It was so great. You know, that, that discouraging moment when we lost electricity, when we were so far behind and, and then when everybody raised their hands, they were basically, you know, committing to, doesn't matter how long it takes tomorrow, it, whether it's 12 or 16 or whatever, we're, we're in, you know. Then there yeah. was that day you guys bought those tacos from the shady truck and everybody got <laughs> the runs and you lost like another whole day of shooting and uh, another yeah. 10 pounds. Mm-hmm. Yep. John Rice Davies uh, pooped his pants. I don't know. <laughs> is I said, is it John Rice Davies or John Reese? John Reese Davies. John Reese Davies. Yeah. Did he really? Uh, we, um, all knew, we all know who you're talking about. Yeah. On so Lord of the Rings, Salah. right? Yeah. Well, oh, yeah, yeah. Lord of the Rings. Yeah. He's uh, he's he's Gim he's Gimli, but he's also Salah in Indiana Jones. Oh yeah. He was also the discount oh. Sean Connery. Yeah, that I'm very Stevie pleased Joe. that you are not dead. I pooped my pants. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I remember. Here's an interesting anecdote from when I was there. Um, <laughs> I pooped my pants. What was, uh, I think we probably said the link several million times, but what's the link again? Just uh, um, the credit. So, say, so yeah, Seed and Spark. Uh, I think it's Seed and Spark backslash project backsplash splash the slash squat or something. <laughs> Hey, just enough? look up squat, I guess. Yeah, just I'll just read Spark and look up squat. Um, there you go. <laughs> but if you want the link, if you want to type it out, here it is. Seedandspark.com slash fund slash squat pound sign story. There you go. Uh, Boom. Rolls off the tongue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it does. Very, very good. That's why people click it. Don't say it. Okay. Well, great. Uh, uh, okay. I, I I obviously hope that uh, that uh, you get to your goal on that because uh, this 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 looks really super interesting. I can't wait to see the final product, and uh, especially after just being there for one day. So. Just uh, oh, wow. just call I, up I, uh, your buddy De Niro. And just ask him for it. <laughs> Ooh, oh yeah, we do need to. Add, we do need to uh, get your De Niro story into this podcast. <laughs> I, I don't know if you have one, but I mean, you worked with De Niro. Uh, I did, and it was uh, terrifying. Um, <laughs> yeah, but I tell you what, it was pretty awesome too. Yeah, I. I, I mean, if uh, we're talking, of course, about um, uh, the war with Grandpa, which I have not seen yet. Um, <laughs> 
but um yeah um I, what but i did hear that um jared and i my bro my, again my older brother and i are both in this uh and we did make the final cut although it sounds like it's the sort of thing that if you don't know who we are, you probably wouldn't recognize us, you know? Um, mm-hmm. But the actual reality was we, we were on the set and um, we had to play these two EMTs that uh, basically um, the movie is about a, a prank war between a grand, grandfather and his grandson. And one of the pranks is the grandson uh, calls uh, 911, I guess, and says his grandpa's having a heart attack. Um, mm. Super funny. <laughs> So right. uh, we bust into the room and basically assault him, trying to you know save him. Um, so nice. I, we rush and rush in. I had to rip open his shirt, and which was terrifying. And um, we had to wrestle him. Had to wrestle with De Niro, you know. Um, uh, and the uh, in the moment we did a full scene, and we you know it was full of improv, and there's probably three three and a half minutes that we went on and did stuff. And I'm sure what got made it to the cut is you know, even less than what was actually on the page to start with. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he was all, it was weird being on set. Like I said, it was, it was, ner- I was nervous. Um, they get everything ready before. And when everything else is in place, they go, we're all set. Okay. Uh, let's invite Bob to set. And then, you know, everybody's there waiting and Bob comes on the set. It's very clear. Everybody knows that he's the only reason they're making this, <laughs> their movie. Right. All right. <laughs> um, and yeah, he comes in, he was super cool. He introduced himself, you know, and we did the scene and I, and the, what I heard was he, um, he's done at a certain time every day or a certain amount of hours, you know, whether, whether they're done shooting or not. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I, I don't, I don't want to be the source material for that. So that's <laughs> <laughs> just what I heard. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, I know that that amount of time happened while we were shooting. Um, we were like the last last scene of the day. And um, my brother was aware of a conversation that the that, uh, Robert, Bob, what I call mm-hmm. Bob, um, right. and, and the director had. Um, and uh, basically, De Niro was like, yeah, that's cool. Let's, let's, let's keep doing it. I, I, like, I like these guys or something like that. Nice. Um, mm-hmm. oh, so, okay. Nice. Nice. I don't know how. Yeah, he probably has no memory of even shooting the scene because it's one of a gazillion he's done. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it was a huge high point. I actually, uh, my buddy produced that movie, and um, um, there were a couple of roles. My brother didn't have to audition. I did. Um, right. <laughs> <laughs> there were a couple of. There were a couple. Even though I'm, I'm better friends with the producer, but there were a couple right. of roles that I read for. Um, and this was the smaller role, but it was the one that had actual, you know, scene with De Niro. And so you just wanted to butt. assault him. You just really <laughs> wanted to rip that shirt open. You're like, hey, Vito, <laughs> let me see what you got. <laughs> <laughs> um, my brother tells us that like he, he said, you know, when he walked in, like all his nerves subsided because he was he looked at him. He's like, oh, I know that guy. You know, <laughs> like. Um, for me, it was the opposite. And every time they would say cut, I would run back to one uh, position one, which was, you know, where you, you start shooting, which was behind a door. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I was never around him. I didn't I didn't want to be anywhere near the reason the scene wasn't going as planned, you know. <laughs> yeah. um, so I would sit and hide, you know, at our at our one position. But my brother would linger and, you know, linger and, and listen to conversations and watch what was going on before he would leave. And. Um, he said that 
he had a much better experience than I did, actually. Um, yeah, I'm I glad am, it's over. He was having a, a hey, his heyday while it was going on. You know. Yeah. Well, you or your brother, when when you've decided to finish your acting careers, one of you should write a memoir titled "Wrestling with De Niro," <laughs> mm-hmm. and you include this story, but then you also make it a metaphor about trying to be an actor in the shadow of these giants who are now, you know, near retirement. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. <laughs> maybe maybe uh, I word it differently. You know, yeah, uh, uh, considering considering uh, COVID and everything, this movie's done pretty well, actually. I mean, it's uh, like $9 million. I think it's always like one or two. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, I mean, obviously, you know, with... You know, in a normal situation, this is one of those movies that would probably come and go and, uh, you know, but, uh, yeah. in this, in this environment, it's, uh, it's, it's like been a, like a, uh, like a decent hit, however you want to call it. Yeah. Um, yeah, you were in the so. number one movie in America. That's something that's, that's, it's, that's not yeah, nothing. That was very cool. I actually, I didn't know that until, uh, uh, Jeremy Scott actually emailed me <laughs> after it happened. He's like, dude, <laughs> like, Oh, great i didn't i had I, I saw the you know the trail it's been weird to gauge because i saw the trailers and and most of the trailer was people just talking about how good it was to take the family to the theater again without <laughs> no, oh yeah without movie specifically you know? <laughs> right right it could have been any piece <laughs> of shit like you know like so, yeah, so i was like i don't know how to gauge this yeah uh, yeah, yeah well, it could have been it could have been like uh Mr. Magorium's Wonder Emporium and people would have been like, you know, hey, you know. Good to be back. <laughs> yeah. Um the director is the guy who uh uh one of uh, one of the like the, the guy who created SpongeBob or one of the directors on SpongeBob or something. Oh right. yeah, yeah. Tim Hill. Yeah, when I was there I um I did get a chance to meet um most of the other cast. Um not um Walking? Thing, no. Not, I didn't get to meet Christopher Walken. That would have been pretty sweet, though. Yeah. Um, but I, I actually went up for another project and hung out with um, my, my buddy Phil while he was on set before I went and shot there. And so I got a chance to, you know, to meet um, a few of them. Um, but it was um, Rob Riggle and uh, mm. Cheech Marin and Jane Seymour. Nice. Oh, nice. Girl and worked with uh, Ray Harryhausen. I was like, holy mackerel. Like, um, <laughs> That's awesome. It was very cool. Um, and, they, you know, it was just like it wasn't a weird like fan thing. It was just a casual, like we were having uh dinner in the, the special place at the hotel and they all, you know, were done shooting and, and making their way get their, their not the trucks. shady taco trucks, not the shady taco. <laughs> trucks. No. Anyway, it was all very cool. And they were, everybody was really cool. I didn't, I, didn't, I guess I didn't meet Uma Thurman either. I didn't meet Uma uh, or, um, Oh wait, Uma and De Niro reunite on this movie. They it's do. Mad Dog and Glory and the War with Grandpa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, That's right. Crazy. I love that movie. Mad I Dog and Glory. Mad Dog and Glory. I love years, that movie. When it came out, I remember really liking it. Yeah, but I haven't seen it. Forever. Bill Murray yeah. plays like uh, a gangster. He's the gangster. Yeah, like it's Bill Murray's the gangster and De Niro's yeah. the. He's the like schmuck. the straight role too. Like he's not he's not playing it for laughs. Mm-hmm. I don't recall. No, no. Was it a comedy? Uh, yeah, I think it was supposed uh, to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I uh, I don't remember much about it. I remember like kind of liking it when it came out. Yeah, but I don't I don't remember much about it at all. Yeah, I'm surprised I got the title right and didn't have to call <laughs> yeah. it. You know, like my super ex girlfriend. <laughs> I kind of yeah. like that movie too. 
Oh, what an asshole. We gotta stop saying bad movies or Barrett's just gonna dig himself a hole. Um, did you ever see my um, super girlfriend? I, I, did. I did, and when it came out, I remember liking it. I like I, that she threw a shark at him. That was really funny. <laughs> yeah, I was in uh, I was in New York, and the um, I had an issue where my car got towed, even though I'd been parking in this one spot. This was this was like opening of the new theater and everything. I'd been parking in this new spot for like weeks. Nobody said anything. And, uh, it, but it says no standing, which I was not familiar with. Uh, I was not uh, familiar with the no standing sign. Uh-huh. I was always, I was familiar with no parking, but not no standing. Mm-hmm. So I had the car, I, I'd parked in this place next to a cemetery probably for a whole, like two weeks and no, no, nothing happened. But on the last day that I was there, just before opening, I go out and I couldn't find my car. And it was like, I don't know, midnight or something oh, like shit. that. And, uh, and then, so like I went to go, I had to use a, a, a series of cabs to get to wherever my car was. And, uh, and, uh, the cab driver, uh, started to struck up a conversation as they are wont to do. Uh, and he's like, he's like, I, Hey, 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 I'm in my super X girlfriend. You need to watch that movie. <laughs> 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 he started telling me all these movies he was in and everything. I was wondering where and that uh, story was going to go. That's awesome. My super X girlfriend. <laughs> I thought maybe somebody uh, threw a shark at you. I was like, well, I can't wait oh, to man. hear what Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, that happened, too. Well, that, was, <laughs> that was a completely different other thing. Okay, so does uh, so we're going to go into, uh, we're going to actually do some recommends and warns and stuff on this podcast. Imagine that. Yeah. Uh, who wants to start? You may, you may got something they want to talk about? Recommending, recommending, mm-hmm. recommending. Mm-hmm. I'll go first. All right. There's no, nobody's being enthusiastic, so I'll go first. Uh <laughs> A uh, new movie as of, I think, Friday on Netflix. A uh, Netflix original called Yes, God, Yes. Ooh. And I think somebody on my Twitter timeline recommended it. And I clicked through and watched the trailer, sent it to my wife, and it reminded her of the movie Saved oh, with yeah. uh, Jenna Malone. Yeah, which by extension also <laughs> reminds me of the movie Teeth. Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> So uh, this is Jaws. Yeah, wait, wait. Hey, that's, Jaws. A, that's I mean, another exclamation point movie. Saved. Yeah, Saved. yeah, um, yeah. It yeah. is. Um, I will keep going now. Um, <laughs> so this gal is from Stranger Things, which I still haven't seen. Is it Natalia or Natalie? Natalia. It's Natalia. Natalia Dyer, I think is her name. Mm-hmm. She plays a Catholic high schooler um, who there there are rumors about her. Tossing Wade's salad. Now, <clears throat> what, Wade? she and Wade were alone at a party for all of a minute, and she also does not know what tossing one's salad means. Mm, mm. She is in the age of sexual discovery. She's in a chat room, and some guy says, want to cyber? She doesn't know what it means. Mm. And he says, he just opens up a window and says, are you wet? And she's She's like disgusted. She makes the best fucking facial expressions. The the reason this is a full recommend from me is this girl, Natalia Dyer. Her performance is awesome. She's very mm-hmm. charming. It reminded me a lot of Amelie mm. uh, in terms of just how magnetic she is. She's what makes it funny uh, to me. The rest of the movie, I'll get to in a second. Anyway, so she she decides to go it, and she's like, yes. And I see also that you are very wet. Uh, <laughs> she doesn't know what she's doing, and it's hilarious. Anyway, so there's this. One of one of her friends goes to this special semi-annual Catholic retreat that the father puts on. 
and comes back and now she's all popular. So apparently all the popular kids at Catholic school are the ones that are uber Catholic and go to this retreat and get even more Catholic. I don't know anything about Catholicism. Uh, so this was in many ways fascinating to me. This movie's Catholic as hell. Um, and so she goes to this uh, camp and I'll just say everybody's horny. Um, this is probably true of any real life camp uh, ever. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, she's also dealing with these rumors and she's, you know, it's a little scarlet letter, easy a kind of thing going on where people are talking about her. The father during confession even brings up the rumor. Um, nothing that you did with your classmate, Wade. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> the father is uh, Jonah from veep. Um, yeah, yeah. and, uh, you know, who would have been awesome in this role is our friend, Josh Childs. Um, <laughs> but anyway, uh, I found the film on a whole, it was like a 94 on Rotten Tomatoes before I watched it. And that was kind of what put me over the top. And I, th- I think there's probably 20 minutes on the editing room floor that were crucial uh, because it doesn't really cohese mm-hmm. by the end of it all. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are, three or four story threads that are literally left hanging. And I, I turned to my wife at the end and I was like, who did the thing with the thing? I, need to know. <laughs> I don't want to spoil it, but I was like, I need to know why you dangle that out there and then never come back to it. Um, <clears throat> but we had a good time. Uh, and it was mostly because this Natalia girl is so charming. And it's a lot of the movie is her just reacting both to weird Catholic traditions and to, new sexual terms and ideas that she has no idea what they mean. Um, and uh, I think most of you would really enjoy it. Uh, I have one Catholic friend and I emailed him to recommend it and he'd already watched it. You don't count. I have two Catholic friends. Uh, and I emailed the one that is not Barrett. Um, I, don't, I don't count. What have I been watching I, all those fucking masses for? Then? I don't you know. Can be I my one and only Catholic friend. <laughs> I didn't think you were going uh, on the regular. I don't think. I think I thought you misunderstood on the. I do. Sorry. I do think um, though that they should print up a poster with one of those poll quotes, like Jeremy Scott, Catholic as hell. <laughs> yes. uh, be warned, it's an R-rated movie. Um, the only nudity is uh, on screen in images that you see in chat rooms. That none of the characters get naked. Um, on screen. Is it mostly like language and stuff? It's like mostly that? language and just talk about, you know, salad tossing and <laughs> right. uh, blowjobs and other Frank stuff. She needs to see um, the Chris Rock uh, bit, right? About the salad tossing. Have you ever seen the Chris Rock thing? Oh, yeah. uh, if I have, I've put it out of my memory or something. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, watching, uh, watching too much Frasier. She thought it was. Definitely. Something else. Yeah, Natalia um, Dyer, the longest time, like uh, I, 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 I was one of those original Stranger Things people or whatever. And, I, and she's one of the uh, best parts of Stranger Things. And like uh, the uh, I think a whole season and a half had gone by before I look, I found out that she's actually from here in Nashville. And oh, I didn't know that. And uh, and uh, and she also. um there was some, what was oh she did some movie that played at the Nashville Film Festival and it was sort of a big deal for, at at the time too I don't remember what it was called was but, it the was it the one that I was in with her ooh how's that for a segue probably could have been you probably were, could have been you were both in the Hannah Montana movie 
Oh, I don't remember her being there. <laughs> well, I, I didn't shoot with her. What was the movie uh, for the Nashville Film Festival? Uh, it's called uh, Too Sunny for Santa. It was a short film. Um, this was okay. this predated her uh, uh, Stranger Things by a couple of years. Oh, uh, okay. Um, I played her dad in that. Um, it was a sweet little movie, actually. Uh, um, and my brother has played her in, in a movie with her where he was, I think, her kidnapper, actually. Oh, nice. oh okay. And then uh, Chris, the other person from the nether region, um, uh, used to shoot some of her auditions and do some coaching for her because she's from Nashville. So we all, the whole nether region gang has a uh, has a connection to Natalia. <laughs> nice, yeah, nice. It's really cool. Yeah, yeah, this whatever this movie was happened was definitely well into our Stranger Things oh, uh, yeah. run. So I don't know what that was, but. Uh, you know, that was another, I, I think I had forgotten about that. And then that f- movie came up and I was like, oh yeah, she's from here. And there was like an actual, like, uh, I guess one of the, it wasn't a paparazzi photo, but somebody was on their Instagram was like, I just saw her and her boyfriend at the Jenny's and in, in, uh, Hill, you know, in, uh, Green Hills and stuff or whatever. Uh, so yes, God, yes is a is a is a full recommend or is it a recommend warn? Um, it's a recommend. I am not putting any warn in there, but I am just caveating by saying, if I were grading it, if we were reviewing it, it probably would get a B plus from me. Okay, um, not like a solid A, uh, because I do think it, it it wants to say more than it finally gets around to saying. But um, I, I was charmed by it and. Uh, I laughed out loud several times. That's really all I need when the wife and I sit down to watch a movie. Yeah. Um, it'll, it, I don't know if this is, this is not really that much of a Halloween movie, but it'll be past Halloween when this uh, podcast comes out. But uh, I don't get a chance to watch very, very many uh, things that don't involve uh, work these days and everything. And of course, Barrett's already stolen one that I have seen uh, that wasn't for work. Uh, but, uh, the one I watched it turn classic movies every time October rolls around when I'm flipping channels, I'll be, I'll, I'll see something. I'm like, Oh yeah, there's that. I've never seen that before. Uh, and then I'll go and I'll check their, the rest of their lineup for the month. And I'll be like, Oh my God, there's all sorts of cool stuff coming. Like they're playing. And one that I gave a, a good chance was, um, uh, eyes without a face, which of course, most of you know, is a Billy Idol song. <laughs> um, uh, but Eyes Without a Face is a French film from uh, 1960 where uh, there is a disappearance of a young girl and um, and uh, there's this uh, scientist who has a daughter who has been in an accident and she has lost uh, I guess she her her face has been torn off or has been has been damaged in some way and trying to get her back to uh to normal quote unquote uh he has been kidnapping other young girls to take their face off (laughs) off uh and to apply it to her face and to to make her uh to make her whole again quote unquote um and so like uh it's very it's a very interesting movie i don't think it's as i don't know if they, they i don't know if they're hoping that this is like one of the scariest movies ever made or anything like that because 
there's not really anything about it that's like just ridiculously scary. There is a surgery scene that I'm like, oh my God, 1960? Yeah. That's really <laughs> fucked up uh, the way they did that. Uh, because it, and, and, and aside from the fact that you know it's like a plastic thing that they're pulling off, it looks real enough yeah. that you're like, oh, oh my God, they're showing that full, they're not even editing it. It, it just looks like they're pulling this girl's face off and everything. Uh, but uh, for various reasons, uh, every time that he tries this, uh, you know, it either doesn't work or the like, like maybe the I, I think the one girl, uh, one girl died. I can't remember. One girl died during the surgery and everything. And this guy is like super driven to keep finding young girls to uh, do this. But yeah, it's a, it's a recommend. It's a good movie. It's just, I don't know if anybody's going to watch this and be like, Oh my God, scariest thing ever or anything. It's just very well shot, very well acted. There you go. Nice. Nice. Eyes without a face. Eyes without a face. (laughs) (laughs) I I remember that it was, um, they were real uh, strategic with like, it's not really gory that the scene you're talking about is the, is the only, like, it's still very like, pg by today's standards yes um like there's a it's a lot of out of focus if i remember correctly right like they show her like in the background but she's out of focus at one point in time so um, you can't tell what's going on well the one the the scene where they there's so there's uh i don't know how many a total there's i think there's a total of three kidnapped girls and um and the second one is the one where you actually see him draw the pencil around and then he traces it. And now that's another thing you can see the tracing is really just marking like there's paint on the thing that makes it look like there's blood coming out and everything. Uh, but it was pretty clear. I don't know if it was, uh, I don't think, I don't know if it was blurry. I don't know if they've restored it in some way to make it look like it's clearer than, I don't know, but uh, if, if I recall correctly, it was pretty clear. It was like uh, very well focused. Oh uh, well, one thing that they keep doing when the the daughter isn't wearing her mask is she's always got her head turned away I from the camera. Yeah, and so you just see her the back of her hair all the time. And there's there's only there's and and then when they put the mask on, it's basically what that girl looks like in real life. Uh, you know, it, it looks almost exactly like that. And there is a scene where you get to see her like without the mask and she's got the new skin on and it looks great because, you know, there, she's actually face. being it's her actual face. Yeah. Uh, but um, but uh, they but the, yeah, there's a, a point. There's one point where she's got the mask off and she goes to, to look at one of the other girls that's been kidnapped and there's no mask. And you know, it's a, it's supposed to, especially with the girl who's like been kidnapped and has, has, uh, has, has, is like, uh, been asleep and everything. And yeah. this girl comes over and like looks at her and everything. And she doesn't have any face and everything. That's the one, maybe one scary moment in gotcha. the movie yeah, and yeah. everything. Uh, but, uh, yeah, really interesting. I did, I don't know if I had heard of it before I saw this, uh, show up on uh, Turner classic, but, uh, but yeah, well worth watching. I'm, I'm surprised that you have actually seen this movie. Josh. It was, it was, um, I think it was I mean, last year, but I obviously, I clearly don't remember as much about it as that. In my mind, it was a different, like I have different visuals in my mind. I think 
<laughs> and who knows, man, the way the way this week has been, I'm probably f- remembering it wrong, too. So, and there's, I do, there's I a do probability remember, that right. Yeah, I do remember that they were calculated with what, like, with what they showed. It wasn't a gratuitous, like, the movie. Right, right. But yeah. it was, yeah, I did, I did enjoy that movie as well. What you yeah. got, Josh? Um, so if I keep them short, can I do two? Yeah, baby. Sure. <laughs> this is, um, so just thinking about, um, again, my movie squat, make it all about me again. Um, going into it, there are, uh, there are two movies that I kind of thought of as the mom and the dad to my movie a little bit. Um, in that, um, the metaphor is real accessible, even from like the log line. And so, and that's the kind of the way our, you know, when we talk about there's the, the guy who's suffering from grief thinks that there's a force field around his house, you know, it's just kind of like this very easily accessible sort of thing. And it, and it dabbles in the sci-fi. And so both of these movies um, are, are the same way in that regard. Um, so one of them is um, Colossal. Yeah, um, but it had a pretty good re-release, so I, I think a lot of people probably saw it. But um, um, Chris, how you say his last name? V- uh, uh, Vigalando, Nacho Vigalando, or oh, um, I'm not sure actually. Um, well, that's the the director. Um, but yeah, so if you don't know, Colossal is it's a movie where um, Anne Hathaway. Uh, when she drinks, uh, she controls a kaiju monster in uh, Korea. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> and and uh, it's very it's very funny when it's supposed to be funny, and then it, it has this really interesting sort of dark turn. Jason Sudeikis is in it, yeah, uh, as well. Um, and as as well as uh, Tim Blake Nelson. Um, anyway, it's a it's an interesting movie. It brought me in because of the concept was so bizarre and. Uh, held held me the whole time and so it's it's been one of those that um i I look to you know when we were working on squat you know like the way when you get the uh the metaphor right there at the beginning you have a chance to kind of unpack it for the whole movie as opposed to unpack it to to the metaphor in a movie you know um and of course it's a little sci-fi um which i really dig um and then the other one is uh Dave made a maze. I which, love this movie. Um, <laughs> came out 2017. Actually, won the Slam Dance Audience Award in 2017, and I think it was the like the what is it called the um, it was nominated for the uh, the Grand Jury Prize, um, but it didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, but this movie is about a, an artist who um, creates a cardboard maze in his living room, um, and then go inside. He goes inside and he gets lost in it because the this maze that he created is is growing without his help. Right. And so mm-hmm. then all of his friends have to go in and, and try and rescue him. And it's this weird sort of, um, quest movie with all these different worlds, but everything's out of cardboard. And, um, <laughs> it's just, uh, it's an A plus for concept alone for me. Uh, I, and, um, it's also a plus because the, uh, the director, Bill Watterson, um, not that Bill Watterson, um, <laughs> right? Um, actually, like, talked to me on the phone. Like, I, I he let me call him, and awesome. we talked for about an hour before oh, wow. I directed the uh, squat. Um, just giving me pointers and heads up, and telling me about his experience and, and all of that. Um, so, I've got nothing but love, love for that movie as well. Um, yeah, uh, we we. Uh when modern horrors came on a few years ago, uh, Jacob was, uh, 
uh, recommending that movie. And, uh, and it's just such a fun concept. So, so fun, so well done and everything. So yeah, if you guys haven't seen uh, both of those that you've mentioned, Dave made a maze and Colossal are both great. Uh, the, the Colossal, Jason Sudeikis is an asshole in that movie. Yeah. Like you're, you're, you're expecting him to be like, he's always the, either a funny guy or a funny asshole. But this guy, this guy is like really an asshole asshole. Just straight, movie. Yeah. Straight across yeah. the board. Yeah. Uh, manipulative and gross. And I say that we're, I think we are probably spoiling a little bit because he starts out the movie. You think it's just a little more of a, you know, kind of a cute little romantic uh, comedy. Yeah. So, yeah. You're right. Spoiler. Or po- uh, <laughs> Too late. Spoiler. Hey, can I can I say one more thing? So this, I just came in the mail today. This is my other um, recommend. Um, it's the Arrow release of The Last Starfighter. Oh, shit. <laughs> it's a wow. Um, so if you haven't seen The Last Starfighter, obviously, yeah, what's wrong with you? Um, <laughs> but this release, um, but it comes with, you know, it's got a cool booklet. Ooh, um, I like booklets. But it also comes with a cool... Um, uh, a cool poster. So, so is it Walter Hill who directed uh, Last Starfighter? Oh. Sorry, sorry, a poster here, like you can see, and it's got a reversible, just like the cover of it as well. I think anyway, I've got a. I think I've got a Blu-ray. I just don't have that special Blu-ray. Yeah, it well, literally, Nick. it literally came in the mail today. It just released today. Um, I pre-ordered. It. I don't pre-order everything, but um, this movie with with from era was such a special sort of like, this is definitive of my youth. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. It's uh, it was Nick castle who directed it. Um, the uh, yeah. Last Starfighter was yet another one of those. There's probably, I, I, I mentioned a lot of these HBO movies I saw when I was like seven or eight years old all the time and never ending story and the natural yeah. and all that. The last Starfighter was one that was, that was a heavy rotation. Yeah. Cause they had to get somebody who was good at video games to go up into the into space. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even time. care about video games that much, uh, you mm. know. But that movie still mm. <laughs> it also was like a, a big deal early on with uh, in the beginning of uh, computer animation. Mm-hmm. Um, it was one of the, you know, the first baby steps of that was in that movie. Um, anyway, um, I actually so I actually had three. There you go. Oh, That's yeah. All right. There That's you right. go. Fine. Right. Totally good. All right. Fucking so Josh. the one that I stole <laughs> from Chris is uh, something that I was kind of excited for. Uh, it's the Borat sequel. Subsequent movie yeah. film. Make benefit whatever the fuck it. It's all mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. that, that bullshit mm-hmm. afterwards. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I know how Jeremy feels about Sasha Baron Cohen as uh, his alter egos, uh, the cringe humor and stuff like that. You're not really a fan, right, Jeremy? no um no (laughs) Mm -hmm. it's very it's very there are there are dna elements of both prank humor and tom green humor uh and i don't enjoy it but i have i before i'm stealing your thunder i've come around on him as a person Mm -hmm. because in promoting this second movie um, he's given a lot of interviews um, and not only the things he said, but uh, talked about a speech he gave, um, <clears throat> uh, I guess, a few months ago to an all Jewish audience. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I like him as a person now. Um, 
but I don't like this kind of comedy. I actually think he's really fucking hilarious in Talladega Nights. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just that, that lying to people to get a reaction. I get, I get he has a greater cause, especially with this one, because he's getting a lot of people to just reveal their blatant racism. Haven't seen the film, not trying to steal. I did try to steal your thunder, Uh, but uh, the answer to your question is no. Yeah. Okay. Um, Not not a big fan of his comedy. I got you. And you're right. It's almost weird to to watch that speech that he did to the uh, uh, anti-Semitic league, I think is what it was, uh, to hear his London accent. Because you're used mm-hmm. to yeah. seeing Borat and Bruno and Ali G and like, you know, all his stuff. Uh, he's very erudite. Like he, he went to, to fucking Cambridge uh, to, mm-hmm. to study uh, like civil rights. Anyway, this movie, this movie I think is better than the first one. I like the first one. But this mm-hmm. one has less of what you're talking about here, Jeremy, and, and the gotcha moments and more of an actual story. And there are some moments in here where, like, you it, the the star of the show is the woman that plays his daughter, uh, Maria Bakovola, Ma- Maria Bakalova, <laughs> a Bulgarian ex- actress that uh, hasn't been really in much. She's twenty four, but she's playing his fifteen year old daughter, and she's every bit as in step as he is in this character. And there's some tender moments. Including one where he's dressed in like a a, a women's lingerie thing. But anyway, uh, the the gotcha moments work for me. Uh, there's a lot of talk about the Giuliani thing. The Giuliani thing is is important to the story, but it didn't like shock me or anything like that. Um, and and the rest of the story is actually pretty good. The, my favorite part of this is where he befriends two guys that are like uh, wilderness survivors mm-hmm. uh, who are convinced that COVID is made up by the Democrats. I think they're QAnon guys. Is, is that right, Chris? They are QAnon guys, yes. And the way that what makes him different in my mind than other prank humor and stuff like that is the way that he addresses them as humans. And yes, they go off on their bonkers ideas, but they seem to actually like him. And mm-hmm. they're presented as humans, just humans with wacky ass fucking ideas. And, yeah. uh, and so I was absolutely engrossed in this movie in a way that I wasn't even the first one. There are still some funny things. There are still some cringy things in this. Uh, there's a hilarious cameo at the very, very end of this movie. Uh, and I, I kind of like there's, there's a reveal at the end of this movie too. Yeah. That I think is very satisfying and humorous. Josh, have you seen this? I did. I watched it a, a, a few days ago as well. Yeah, I, 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 I was excited because I liked Borat, uh, but and I and I too like him as a person, uh, and it actually exceeded my expectations. So this is a recommend for me. Borat subsequent <laughs> movie film for Kazakh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really interesting too, uh, and this is where I think the that it, there's a, a, a slight separation from the, and, and I agree with you, Jeremy, I'm not, uh, I don't like the prank humor either. I don't like Tom green type stuff either, because I think that is just, that's getting innocent people a lot of the times. Whereas this one, these are, these people are to me are far from innocent from what they're, what they say and think. Um, but, uh, the, the, the QAnon guys, 
are you know are talking about how how big of a hoax this COVID is and everything. And then there's a later moment in the movie where they were like, no, 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 that you don't you, you don't need to believe this type of stuff. That's just conspiracy theory <laughs> stuff, like like just unironically. Mm-hmm. Uh, saying that, even though they they're very steeped into this this other conspiracy theory stuff, uh, get you know catching catching them catching people in, in, at you know at their worst, where you don't actually see that a lot of the times in the media and everything, um, is uh, is enlightening, I believe. Um, uh, but uh, there's a lot of uh, really uh, cool. I, I can't wait to see all the side stuff, but I've seen a couple of side things already. Uh, that are not in the movie. Uh, there's a there was a a point where he's parked on the side of the road, and two Georgia cops come up to him. And this is not in the movie. This is just they see him parked, and and she the the daughter is sitting in a chair on top of the truck. <laughs> and um, they go over and they start asking him questions and everything. And then they come back and he's like. And the and the Georgia cop guys are like, ah, oh, man, you know, I, there's a there's got to be a camera around here somewhere. I mean, even though this is, I don't even know if I don't even know if he's dressed as Borat, and he may be at this <laughs> point, but but they they are pretty wise to it right off the bat. They're like, ah, there's got to be a camera around here somewhere and everything. And and, uh, and uh, he goes over, he goes across the street to like some diner, and this person comes out and he's like, did you call this in? And he goes, no, no, not me. He's like, yeah, we got an anonymous call about this this car over here and everything. Anyway, uh, I think they're shooting a new Borat film because the guy in there looks like Borat. The guy's like, guy's like no shit, you know, and, and all that. Um, but he showed a clip on Stephen Colbert that is fucking frightening, man. Uh, the uh, apparently when and when he goes in uh, to that concert as Country Steve and he sings that song mm-hmm. and everything. Uh, that actually nearly turned uh, the wrong way because they knew who he was after a while. Yeah. Uh, apparently, there were some Black Lives Matter protesters who came in and like uh like disguised themselves in and mixed in with the crowd, <laughs> and uh and somebody uh somebody in that group was like, Haha, it's Sasha Baron Cohen. Suddenly, everybody just spread all over the place, and then that's when there were like almost a rush on the stage yeah. and everything. He said he hired the security, so it took a while for anybody to actually go up to the stage and everything. But he had that he had a trailer already like set up yeah. so that when he ran off of the stage, he locked himself in that <laughs> thing. All right, let's go. You know? Oh, there's all kinds of crazy stuff. When he goes to that CPAC rally uh to throw his daughter at Mike Pence. <laughs> uh he's wearing a bulletproof vest. I mean the the the, the yeah. filming behind this is some of the most interesting th- it's almost like Mission Impossible. Uh, where mm-hmm. it's like he had to sit in that bathroom for like four hours or even longer. I think he said, like, yeah. uh, I had to sit in the bathroom and listen to Republicans go to the bathroom for about four yeah. hours or so. <laughs> and then he comes out as, as uh, Trump and I, the guy has balls of steel. And, it's unbelievable. And as a character, he he acts very very well in this movie. Did you like it, Chris? Yeah, I did. I I, I think I like the first one better though. Mm. Um, uh, it, I think this. I, I don't know. The first one there's a there's more of a surprise factor yeah. to everything, and the second one has its moments and everything. I think it's better than the the Bruno that yeah, he did. Absolutely, you know? absolutely. Uh, but uh, but yeah. Um, I, I I did like it. I thought it was I thought it was I thought it was really funny and and, and yeah like again eye opening in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. So yeah yeah. So 
What do you think, Josh? Uh, I think I liked it more than the first one, but I, I don't, uh, it's hard for me to disassociate. Um, like, I think he's a, I think he's a brilliant actor and I haven't seen the interviews with him and stuff like that. I, I, but I think everything I've seen him do, like he, I mean, he's a chameleon, right? Which is, which is how, and he can play off of anything overall. Like I, I'm, I'm more in the, in the line with, um, like the gleefully exposing our country for how ignorant it is. <laughs> it is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I just don't find it as funny. It, I find it hurt. It hurts to watch it for me. Yeah. Um, oh, it totally so hurts. That's, it... that's the thing. Like it's, <laughs> I, I don't like, I don't like the mirror. Um, you know, I, I think it's accurate. I think he's genius. Like I said, but I just, it's too hard. It's too painful to watch for me. I think. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's no, there's no doubt. I did watch it. So it's not too, too, (laughs) it's uh, not overt comedy. It's more of like Lenny Bruce type of, uh, comedy where, which is funny because he's playing Abby Hoffman in the, uh, in the trial of the Chicago seven. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, but like it's, it's the, the most shocking moment to me is where the, the bakery woman just, casually writes Jews will not yeah. replace us on the cake yeah. without mm-hmm. even batting an eye. Yeah. And yeah. That's, that's not that funny. It's, it's hard. It's hard yeah. to watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so yeah, yeah. hard. Well, and also it can be taken two ways too. You can, you can say, Oh, this person just doesn't give a shit, but you could also say they're too uh, timid to say anything back to that person. Mm-hmm. And yeah. a lot of times these people look bad because of the stance they don't take. But at the same time, it's like they might not want to deal with any, any like a uh, backlash from their customer, quote unquote, uh, to, uh, to, to just have to, you know, they don't want to be in the news about anything. They don't want to do, they don't want to ruffle any feathers. Yeah. And so I think a lot of times they do look worse than they, and, and who knows, maybe because the fact that she doesn't look like she batted an eye, maybe she didn't mm. care. But you know, a lot of times I think there's there's is a second there's a duality to that whole yeah. whole thing too, sure. and and uh, we have to we have to keep in keep that in mind that this is entertainment too, and that they can cut it how they want to, and uh, a lot of different type of things that can happen in that. So anyway, but yeah, yeah, and ultimately I don't think he's he's not changing anybody's mind. I think anybody who is you know on, on board and embracing it, you know, I mean, like they're already they probably already have the same opinion and they probably all already are aware of this ignorance and, you know, um, yeah. but I think anybody who is in a, a stance opposition to anything, you know, that he, you know, if they are a Trump supporter or they are whatever, you know what I mean? Um, they're not, they're just not probably not going to watch the movie to start with. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Well, and, and what's, what's interesting is in the first movie, you see the, the beginnings of a lot of this type of stuff happening. And, and I, I can see somebody thinking that the first movie didn't do that. Like if you're, if, if you're, if you're on one side or the other, you can probably be, oh, I love that first one. He didn't, he didn't go all political in that first yeah. one. And then the second one looks like it's super political to them. Yeah, yeah. Even though the first one pretty much showed the groundwork for what we were about to get into. Yeah, yeah. Man, so, I had a boss at the time the first one came out who is as Republican as they come. Um, nice guy. Uh, 
but really Republican. And he he said very nice uh, for the rest of his life after he <laughs> saw Borat. Mm-hmm. He fell in love with that movie. And I would love to know right now what he thinks of the sequel because right? he's a reasonable dude. I haven't talked to him in years. For all I know, you know, he's still Republican, but I mean, I'm sure he's still Republican, but he may not be a Trump Republican. Yeah, um, different things now. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like there's two types of Christians now, like the Christian Christians who follow the Bible and uh, the other ones, <laughs> <laughs> the ones who follow Trump. Yeah, so really. I mean, I'm not trying to be too political, but I've seen I'm seeing a lot of freaking Christians just uh, look the other way at all the shit that man does, and I'm mm-hmm. like, hey, I I don't go to church anymore, but I know that book and I know what it says and. This dude is not it. <laughs> <laughs> not my type of guy. <laughs> there are there are plenty plenty of us that would agree with you. <laughs> mm-hmm. I watched this one movie and you know and and I'd, I'd seen Borat, but uh, that was Barrett's. So the only other thing that I have seen that I can actually report on and say recommend or warn or whatever is uh, David Letterman came out with his new set of. Uh, the uh, get, the next guest needs no introduction on Netflix, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and one of them is Dave Chappelle. So of course I went, I beelined to that one uh, over the the Kim Kardashian and the Kanye West and the and Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, I uh, I beelined to the Dave Chappelle one, and uh, I have this. I just I kind of wish Dave Chappelle could. Uh, I know this is not what he wants in his life, but. This guy really needs to like talk more uh, nationally uh, because he has, I don't know, years of stand up has gotten him to a point where his conversational style is so like easy to get into. And so he's, he makes such reasonable points and everything. And, and, you know, David Letterman is talking to him. He even gets him to talk about why he left Chappelle show, which has had a lot of several, like they've had several different, uh, reasonings on that, by the way, like I've, I've heard all sorts, and I'm sure all of those added up to the, to him leaving, but he actually talked about a sketch that he did, that he got, uh, he got just the wrong laugh is what he said hmm. on this one sketch they were doing for season three. And he just started, he, you know, it's, I guess it spiraled him towards thinking about maybe quitting, but, hmm. uh, but him talking about just the way things are in the world and, and everything is just, it's just one of these things where it's like, man, he's just so ultimately, reasonable about everything and just has this just he just seems super wise about what he's saying and and i don't know how many people could act i mean i'm sure there are people who would be i don't know angered at what he says but i i don't know it, it's a, it seems like a just a different way he he doesn't seem to have any kind of like viciousness to what he's saying he's just saying this is how it is and you know look and you know i i can see this way and i can see that and whatever and Man, just listening to him talk to David Letterman. David Letterman's sitting there. He's uh, he's in awe too. Mm. Even though Chappelle's in awe of Letterman, Letterman is just sitting there going, you know, this guy is great. Uh, but uh, I would I would recommend finding that on Netflix. At least that one thing. And I, I I'm sure I'll see the other ones later. But um, uh, it's it's a mesmerizing interview. It's one of those interviews that just really gets you in this kind of this mood 
where you're like, you know, there are reasonable people, reasonable people on this earth and, and we need to listen to more people like that. And I wish Dave Chappelle could get up. And, and I'm sure that if Chappelle ever did that, where he came out every day saying stuff, we'd get tired of him, <laughs> but there needs to be more, like more of this kind of discussion going on in, uh, in the world. So well, if you want the polar opposite of that, watch the Robert Downey Jr. Episode. Cause it's a goddamn <laughs> oh, yeah. snooze fest. This guy has had one of the most, like interesting lives, let alone careers. And it's mm-hmm. they spend a whole fucking segment on his alpaca farm. And I'm like, the oh, fuck yeah. is this, man? Talk about fucking mm-hmm. Iron Man and 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 less than zero and cocaine and mm-hmm. hookers and <laughs> and cocaine and hookers. Yeah. And some salads and shit. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Anyway, I totally will like it. It's interesting that that he's dialed back the vitriol because he was so angry, rightfully so, in that Netflix is a joke, uh, uh, stand up mm-hmm. special, you could say. Uh, right. And uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm gonna beeline for this too. I can't believe I clicked on the Robert Downey Jr. one. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah it was a sad man it, it, it it's it's the kind of just interview just kind of like i don't know it's, it's it calms it calms your nerves even though you're hearing some shit that is hard to hear uh it's just the way he speaks man it's just the way he talks it's just there's some rhythm to it that just <laughs> oh my god i wish I could, he needs to, it, this is the kind of force we need in the world <laughs> this so. is how i talk mm-hmm. haven't you seen yeah. my movies <laughs> <laughs> yes i want to piss on you <laughs> um i would like to hop in and offer a warn uh to counter my recommend mm. um this was a fun google for me uh you again i explain this every time but you guys have to know how i choose something if i'm flipping channels and i see a relatively recent movie that i've never seen or heard of with people in it i know Mm -hmm. I am very likely to stop on it and see. So I did this with a movie that came out in 2018 called Driven. I had flipped past it uh, several times because I thought it was that Sylvester Stallone garbage. (laughs) uh, And I I don't want to watch that again. But in flipping by again, I noticed the date. And I said, oh, that's a different movie. There's another movie in 2019 called Driven. Another movie in 2020 called Driven. Uh, Driven is uh, the new heat. In terms of movie it's titles, a movie called uh, Drive In, which is the same spelling as Driven. <laughs> yes. Uh, <clears throat> so this is about ostensibly John DeLorean, um, the guy who made the DeLorean and his downfall. That's how the movie sells itself in the trailer I watched. That's the log line. But this movie is not about him. This movie is about Jason Sudeikis playing a guy named Jim Hoffman, and. He is a pilot that runs drugs. And the first scene of the movie basically is him getting caught. um, And he's basically forced to become an FBI informant. And he spends a long time trying to get closer to this drug dealer that he has done work for in the past so he can give the FBI this guy. Uh, Shit. And that's Michael Cudlitz. Um, Mm -hmm. And uh, some blow. He also ends up, yeah, he also ends up living next door to John DeLorean, who has famous rich friends and throws lavish parties. And the two men become friendly to where Sudeikis cleans DeLorean's pool whenever DeLorean travels overseas. Um, 
the movie plays like it wants to be a cross between Molly's Game and American Made, that Tom Cruise oh, gun yeah. running movie with Doug Liman. Mm-hmm. Um, were, were there riveting it, uh, clean the pool scenes? Because it sounds very exciting. No, no. There were a couple of non-riveting clean the pool scenes. Um, yeah. Sudeikis is charming, and that alone might carry it for you if you're like a big Sudeikis fan. Um, but the movie airs in focusing on him instead of DeLorean. Um, because really, the only thing DeLorean does wrong is be friends with this guy. At the very end, he he makes a deal between Cudlitz and DeLorean, and DeLorean goes to jail and uh, bankrupt, and the, the rest is the car's history. That's very fascinating to me. But watching the boring informant neighbor I never heard of argue with his Judy Greer wife about why they're not as rich as the DeLoreans is boring. Oh, wow. And then... The movie keeps future cutting to court where DeLorean's on trial, Sudeikis is on the stand, and the lawyer's Justin Bartha. Oh, uh, I pulled this up. Otherwise, I would have called him a national treasure site. <laughs> um, and that grinds everything to a halt. There is some glitz and glamour moments with the parties and the famous hobnobbing. Um, and the movie could have done more of that. Like, think of like the the, the Boogie Nights parties. Mm-hmm. You know how there's like mm-hmm. three or four big party scenes in Boogie Nights. Uh, there's a couple of scenes like that in here. Uh, one guest, uh, Cudlitz's girlfriend, gets drunk and naked and starts trying on John DeLorean's wife's clothes, mm-hmm. and then she jumps in the pool. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> maybe that's just the nudity I yeah. liked. I don't know. Um, mm. This is a warn uh, because I was bored to tears. Uh, and I felt like it had a very riveting, interesting premise and a very good cast. Uh, and I was ultimately disappointed. It looks like it's got a 60 something on Rotten Tomatoes, 60, 64, 60, 63. So uh, more people liked it than didn't. Um, but it was a snooze fest for me. And I would stay away unless you're just like the hugest Sudeikis fan. <laughs> Sudeikis <laughs> heads. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> who plays DeLorean? Who plays who? Yeah. DeLorean? Oh, Lee Pace. Oh, uh, Ronan. Yeah. Or the guy from The Cell. Sure. Or the sure. Guy from, uh, no, the other one. Uh, the, pie, the Pie Maker. The, the Pie Maker? <laughs> Spy the, Maker. Sp- no, the Pie the, Maker from... Yeah, uh, the Thranduil or whatever his name is in Hobbit. Oh. Oh, yeah. No, I was saying... Is that who you're talking about? No, I'm talking about the TV, the, that TV show that uh, was at Barry Levinson. Uh, for, Pushing Daisies? Like, uh, Pushing Daisies, yeah. He was like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Was that show... That's Brian Fuller, right? No, it's somebody else. It's Barry. It's somebody... Isn't it a Barry? It's Barry Sonnefeld. Is it Barry? Oh, Brian Fuller did Pushing Daisies. Okay, so this is very much like that. It sounds... I never saw Pushing Daisies, but you called him the pie maker, and now all I can think of is that waitress movie with... Uh, <laughs> um, Carrie Russell. Yeah. Carrie Russell. Yeah. Not Alias. Well, there you go. <laughs> Felicity. <laughs> Uh, anyway, so yes, uh, uh, that's a warn. Uh, there wasn't enough good here for me to even wreck a warn. I have another warn. Mm-hmm. Okay. Emily in Paris can kiss oh, my balls. I saw, this, I saw this on Netflix, too. I saw, ran across this as well. Is it it's a amazing. show? Ugh. It's Tony Schwartz, right? No, I'm going to think of something else. No, it's Lily no. Collins. What has Lily Collins been in? She's adorable. Well, he saw him. Yeah, we saw a movie with her earlier in the summer that had uh, Patrick Warburton and uh, Simon Pegg. And oh uh, yeah, was, oh yeah, it? oh what was that movie? It was uh, it, it um, was the thing where he has an American accent. 
Yeah. <laughs> Which it was that movie. With the uh, director, I think. Did we? I think so. I don't know if we did. It was called Inheritance. Inheritance. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah, where, we, that's where I saw her recently. We we I think we saw the screening. We I didn't uh, do anything with it, though. Uh, well, Lily Collins is adorable, and I don't want this to be an indictment of her. Uh, and her character... Mm-hmm. Is is pretty adorable too. She this 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 show is about two of my favorite cities in the universe, Chicago and Paris, and she mm. is coming over from Chicago with her can-do attitude of running a social media thing for for hot cuisine uh, or not uh, hot cuisine but like uh, couture in uh, Paris. Oh, but she doesn't speak French, and once she gets to Paris. This show is infuriating because they show French people as every fucking stereotype that you've ever heard. You know, they're rude. They really don't like you if you speak French. If you're really nice to them, they're going to piss all over your shoes or something like that. Uh, right. And, and, yeah. Haven't you heard that? But it, it, mm-hmm. it's, it, it's such bullshit. It's, it, the, the... It sounds more like Mexico City. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Do they all wear berets? <laughs> yes, sir. People wear berets. Uh, all the men are horny. They're horny for her. And like, dude, I've been to Paris. They're the nicest people you ever meet. If you don't speak French, which I didn't very well, they're perfectly fine. Everybody knows English over there. Uh, and they're they're all super, super nice. In, in this show, even the bakery woman that gives her the the pain au chocolat. She's like pain au chocolat. They're constantly like correcting her and and being every goddamn stereotype that you've ever heard of French people. And it's 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 very annoying. If you build a show <laughs> on a faulty premise, I'm not going to get into that show, no matter how adorable and and how much I want to bang the the, the protagonist. <laughs> how beautiful the protagonist is. I can't get yeah, into it. Yeah, yeah. I can't. So that's can't. Uh, that's my warn. All right. Uh, All right. That's passionate. Apparently, uh, uh, Jeremy Lily Collins is in Akja as well. Akja. Akja. <laughs> I love just, that movie. Just had to get just had to get our monthly Akja <laughs> in there so that uh, just bring it up for no reason other than that. Ah, she's kind of in that have, movie. Have any of you even seen it yet? I haven't. I need to see. I watched it. the first Which one quarter of it akja oh yeah yeah this is i mean as good as parasite and snowpiercer are you give akja a viewing I think. yeah I, it, I agree it is worth watching i mean it's an amazing movie anyway but it is a study watching um what's his name in that movie it is, he is fascinating jake jonah um, oh yeah uh, jake jonah he is like I, I i he's like a train wreck <laughs> i can't take my i mean Everything else in the movie is perfection, and that mm-hmm. and that's the reason I I go with it. But it is out there. It's out oh, there, yeah? and this it, we're talking about like Tilda Swinton is more already. Tough. It's here's it's out there. It's, but I think I think you're right on. It's this idea, and it happens sometimes with um, when filmmakers from different countries. Um, have American actors, and it's like they they pull this something out of them, and the it, like they give these actors this freedom that they normally wouldn't have, or it's like 
and I don't think it's something lost in the translation. It's just like this other flavor where they're like, no, this is, this is exactly what, what people will love, you know, from, from where I'm from or something, you know what I mean? <laughs> but he is, it's a bold, it's one of the boldest choices I've heard, I've seen on a performance. And I still don't know if I like it or not. I just hmm. couldn't take my eyes off it. Interesting. Hmm. That guy, that guy Absolutely. knows his stuff, man. Between Nightcrawler, even Velvet Buzzsaw, which is a terrible movie. He <laughs> is magnetic in that movie. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, he's made some good choices. I like. Uh, I like the way his career has gone. Mm-hmm. I do too, and I think this, like I said, I think this was a that was a bold, a bold performance in Okja, but it is like he left it all out there. There was no like <laughs> you can't half ass that. Is he the one that that screams Okja? <laughs> uh, no, the little girl screams Okja because <laughs> it's her pet. Sounds like somebody and needs to rewatch Octopus. And it's fucking adorable. And you should yeah. watch it. I, 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 I always, I don't know. I, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely going to watch it in the next week or two. I'm going to watch it. I have, did well, you I, have... Did, I have a warn, but I did also. Okay, take, go for it. But I also did take three for my. Uh, <laughs> no, don't worry about it. Just go for it. With the warn. Yeah. And all this talk about Jason Sudeikis actually made me want to do another recommend. But uh, I'm, I'm going to bypass it and go with my warn because it's probably more important. Um. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tremors, Shrieker Island. Oh, I've heard of this too. Is this on Netflix? This is brand new on Netflix. Um, Yeah, yeah. Oh no. I am, so I will, I've watched every Tremors movie. I've seen them as soon as they came out. Um, but I, and this one is probably no worse than the last. The trailer sure looked bad, man. That trailer was bad. Mm -hmm. It's. But I wanted to put it up as a warn. Basically, if you're watching this, you already know what you're in for, and you're, you're probably going to love it. But the warn is more a I just want to revert people back to divert people back to the original. Mm, yeah, um, because mm-hmm. the second one had a little bit of the charm, but all the rest of them kind of lost most of the the charm of what made the first one so spectacular, which was that perfect mix of horror and practical effects and super great comedy and this amazing dynamic between the actors, you know, this awesome ensemble. Yeah. There's actual character work in that first movie. Absolutely. Um, And I also wanted to say, because I know that the, again, the arrow special edition of, of that is coming out in December. (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) So people should be aware of that um, Uh for that one. Um, But if you're a fan of the whole Tremors franchise, this movie is probably fine for you. It doesn't give us anything new, though. Um, and, and it's um, kind of a, a heartbreaking because, you know, it's the first time um, Michael Gross kind of felt like he was too old to, to be too old for this shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah kind of. And I, and I don't know how old he is. And I don't think he's nearly as old like as he I think I don't I think he's much older than he actually looks. Mm. Um mm. Is he? I mean, he's been around for a gazillion years, but um, he he's still moving around and stuff. But it's a little, uh, it's a <laughs> little like moving. saying goodbye to him, you know, <laughs> the franchise. Has he been in all the Tremors? Oh yeah! Wow, once that's hit, impressive. Once they hit the third one, he he became like the franchise. It was all yeah. about Burt Gummer, um, but and the TV show for that matter as well. The the sci fi series that was on for like a season. You really love <laughs> you some tremors, man. You really um, are, are. I'm all I'm all in on the tremors, but the original is is the. I mean, it's downright 
just a great movie across the. Mm-hmm. I like the one where they go back to the old west. That's three. <laughs> yeah, that's. I don't really like that one. Yeah. Have you seen it's all not, the tremors? I like the one where they. I like the one where they come across the abandoned insane asylum and the the cannibals are there. Oh, that's the wrong turn. Oh, oh that was <laughs> session nine. You were thinking of session nine. That's going to do it for this episode. Yeah, man. Uh, go to uh, what's the uh, what's the let's do the link one more time. Just uh, oh just, fuck, just gotta seed and spark and, spark and look for squat. Squat. I'm gonna yeah. tweet the link. So just go to Twitter uh, slash Cinemasins and you can find the link. I'll put the link on the tweet. Mm. Yeah, but, but it will be. You have to scroll back six days. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, we'd like to, to thank Josh Childs for uh, coming in and giving yeah. us some. Some uh, some insight into this movie and the uh, yeah, and the, the trials and tribulations y'all of making are, an indie film in the pandemic. <laughs> y'all are all uh, grandfathered in too for uh, for screenings or whatever. So you'll you'll have a you'll have hell yeah curve, we are um, for all uh, that the uh, you guys have done for our. I can't wait to see it over the, over the time. <clears throat> that may be you know it may be in two years, but it, but it, you'll be there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. If you want to talk about this episode, go to Sincast presented by CinemaSins on Facebook. We're also on Music Video Sins, CinemaSins Twitter. No, CinemaSins Twitter, Music Video Sins Twitter. Uh, we're on Discord. If you want to get on Discord, you can go to our Reddit page and find a link on the right side, or you can go to the Facebook page and private message me, and I will give you a, a link there. We're also on SoundCloud. Um, but that's going to do it for this week. It's Chris Atkinson, Josh Childs, Barrett Share, and Jeremy Scott. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Comment on our episodes on our SoundCloud page. Check us out on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Reddit. And be sure to visit cinemasends.com. (laughs) Was that that a euphemism? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it is. I used to say that to my college ex-girlfriend. Give me a second while I let my dog out. Yeah. Yeah. I got to let it bark. I got to let it eat. Every dog likes a bone. (laughs) Like puppets. (laughs) Fuck. I heard that. I heard that. (laughs) Fucking hell. It's like the, it's like the reprise of the uh, America. Fuck. Yeah. In uh, in uh, team America. Or they're like, America, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> it is exactly like that. Yeah. What do you have there, Josh? You've got the, your movie, and then you've got uh, Raiders, and is that Temple of Doom? That's Crusade, Last Crusade, actually. Okay. I agree. I don't like Temple of Doom uh, nearly as much as I never the other. said that. That's Jessica. So he didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, I, love, I have a special spot in my heart for Temple to Doom. I just don't have the. It's got. It probably has the coolest poster, actually, too. Um, I yeah, it does. It yeah, it does. Um, um, but I do. Yeah, my. It was this direction or the other direction, which was more cluttered, and that's where all my movies were. And I thought maybe that might be too much. It might be trying too hard for the Cinema Sense podcast to. <laughs> well, wait to see what's behind movies. Chris. <laughs> well, we're not we're not recording video. We're just uh, using it to help us not talk over each other so much. <clears throat> what's up, Chris? Hey, how's it going? It's good to see you, man. It's Again. good to see you. Too. Yeah, yeah. 
I am correct. Uh, Temple of Doom is the third best of the original series, correct? <laughs> yeah, uh, third best. Yes, yeah. but yeah. I, but not necessarily third favorite. I, it's hard for me to disassociate. <laughs> because that. you were a kid when you saw it? That's the first one I saw, yeah. So it's, the, it's a hard, like personally, it's the most personal. It's um, your horrible bosses too. <laughs> it is. Because you saw the sequel first, uh, it's yeah. always going to be superior to the the yeah. original. It's true, but I can very clear. I can I can totally recognize that one and three are the you know the best of the series. Absolutely, but two is. I think I saw three. them. I think I think I saw them in reverse order. I think I saw Crusade first because that was eighty nine, right? That was definitely the first one yeah, I saw. It was eighty nine. Um, it was yeah. It was right before. It was it was high school. So I think it was 89. It was definitely 89. Chris says it was yeah. definitely 89. We've established the fact that it was 1989. <laughs> yeah. hey, before- I love that. I, I do this all the time where people will be like, what is that date? And I'm like, it's definitely this. And they're like, I think it's this. Blah, 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 blah. And you're like, I just told you what the fucking date was. And these people are still fucking like, they're still arguing about it. And you're like, I, I, uh, what, I, uh, all up in here. That's right. I, uh, we, that is somewhat related. Uh, when I was in New York, there was a, a regal, like get together from all the managers and, the <clears throat> and, uh, everybody. And, and we were on, uh, we got on the Brooklyn Cyclones field and we got to play some baseball. Nice. Uh, so it was the managers versus the, like the, the, the general managers versus the assistant managers, whatever. And, uh, there was this play where I'm like in center field, but it's really like close to the infield because nobody's going to hit it very far. It's a softball. Um, and there was a grounder that I actually scooped up, stepped on second, threw to first base, got a double play. Nice. Really fucking cool. And uh, they had a runner on third, and somebody was like, oh, well, he crossed the plate before uh, you got to the, you threw that ball to first base. And I said, that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I said, that's not a thing. And then somebody went and called somebody he knew. And I was like, I know baseball. Why are you, do- why even bothering with this? I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. What are you doing? You got a <laughs> an Bryson DeChambeau there on the, on the field with you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, let me call my friend who's an umpire. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, what makes that even better is whenever you have a, a 12 year old son who, uh, <laughs> <laughs> who does not recognize that you could know anything more than he does. Oh, I do no. have a 12-year-old son. I know exactly what you're talking about. It's everything, not just baseball movies. It's everything. Damn. I was just going through the, the email thread between you two guys last night. Because <laughs> I, like, I couldn't follow. I was like, is the priest spanking off to his daughter? Or you played the father of the daughter in a previous thing. And yeah. this would yes. have been yes. Okay, are you talking? Are you talking about Natalia Dyer? Yeah, yeah, uh, yes. Yeah, yes. I I played her dad in a, a short film several years ago, uh-huh. um, and then the 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 film that Jared was talking about, the new one that just came out. Um, I was I didn't audition, but I I saw the sides for a, a role which a pro, a priest uh, pleasures himself. To, to porn uh, while yeah yeah while is the catholic the, is, school girl sees him 
Is that yeah, the yes the god closet. yes thing that sounds? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I'll be talking about this later in the podcast. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I, had, I, I actually went across that and I was like, yeah, I might want to watch that, but I, I didn't get around to it. <laughs> are we going to seriously offend you if we are our normal vulgar self? No, 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 no. You guys are. You guys are all good. You can curse all day. Kaka, tt, doo doo, whatever. Yeah, 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 man. All the whole spectrum there. I think those are on the seven words that George Carlin. Mm-hmm. It's time to yeah. finally talk about poo sex. That's right. <laughs> you ever get your poo pushed in? <laughs> oh, I spoke too soon, didn't I? It wasn't during a presentation, but it was during a meeting. And I got something that said, like, James Joyce's love letter uh, to his girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And I opened it up in front of my staff and everything. And apparently he's into some weird shit. Like, nice. He, he's. I'll send it to you. It's hilarious. What was uh, the... but it ended with, my darling, if you shat your pants, I would fuck you in the ass. Oh, my God. <laughs> Unreal. This wow. is in front of everybody. I don't want to be an author Who was the writer in Seinfeld that they ended up finding all his love letters and everything? Uh, oh, Su- Susan's. Uh, oh yeah, Susan's Cheever. Cheever. Cheever they, letters. They found like like my orgasm <laughs> <laughs> was so strong. <laughs> I, I nearly saw God. <laughs> yes, and uh, the Ooh. love we shared will never be matched by anyone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.